0: What it do, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of No Turntables and Two Microphones. I'm LT Woods, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Thornton. Today, we're here with Captain Mo Green, a.k.a. Sean. Let's fucking go.
1: Hey, Sean. How's it going, bud? It's <clears throat> going good, buddy. How are you? Okay, you. hey I get to hang out with my buds. Can't oh, complain. Yes, yes. Um, so I've known you for a long time, and separate from the cannabis world, I was pleasantly surprised when I found out how... You know, like prominent you are and that and stuff. But I, I of Thank course, you. knew you from tattooing. And I've never got to really talk too much about that with you. So I'd love to hear about, like, how you started. Like, your what was your first tattoo? Because what, what, we work at the same place. I work at Trader Bob's. You worked at Trader Bob's. So way different stuff going on when you were there, I'm sure. But I'd just love to hear about it.
2: Yeah, well, uh, first, thanks, everybody, for having me I feel special for a night <laughs> it's nice to have an old guy like uh, people want to hear my story you know because there might be three people in the city that know I tattooed at one time you know like nobody had cameras back then and I definitely didn't like my photo being taken so um <laughs> I think I started in let's say I tattooed in the city from uh 96 to 2006 so about 10 years uh I started in a um a fucking clothing shop in in the Central West End. Oh, the Ret yeah, Club? at The Ret Club, yes. Great name. Yeah, the Ret Club. Nice. Yes, yeah, the Club <laughs> it was kind of like an alternative clothing place, but it was also like rave culture at that time. So uh, a lot of kick wears <laughs> and, <laughs> and fucking jean coat, stovepipe jeans and shit. But uh, that really introduced me kind of into the rave stuff a little bit. But, like, um, I think my first tattoo I ever got was, I might have been 22, 23, so that's a little late to get a tattoo but it was a uh, yin yang with a dragon claw around it on my <laughs> on my back shoulder blade and i just you know uh, i thought it was the coolest thing in the world until i really like you know looked at it and i realized like this fucking this guy didn't know what the fuck the he was doing you know so who was that this back in the day was a shop called electric dragon did you ever hear i've heard that okay so electric dragon was uh the original location for electric dragon was barnhart
1: missouri okay that's okay uh
2: and then they opened a side shop that was in fenton but it was like murphy flats
3: right there Mm -hmm. off
2: uh gravoi and that's kind of how i got into the whole tattoo world was opened up there was I used to work at the lumber yard, so about a half a block down. So oh, okay, cool. A new shop opened up, so I went down there and um, checked it out, and I kind of just fell in love with just everything, dude. Like, everybody just looked, looked so fucking cool, you know? <laughs> like, everybody just looked like they didn't just give a fuck, you know, and they were spending money and making money, and I just, I don't know. There was just something about it. just, I like the danger back then of it, you know? Not many people were tattooed back then, and... Uh, I really enjoyed the idea of being able to like, create art on somebody and uh, make a career out of it, you know, and not just be a starving artist. So uh, yeah, that was the first one. And I... That was 96? Yeah, that was probably, oh no, uh, that might have been about 90, oh, yeah, 95. 95, yeah, 96. Yeah, 95. Wow. I just remembered like my second or third tattoo, so it just made me <laughs> chuckle I started in 2000, so okay. um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so like I like in the beginning, I uh, it was kind of like the owner of that shop was uh, this fucking turd named Glenn. You guys might know him, Glenn uh, Sandifer. He's probably tattoos down in down south of Missouri somewhere now, like uh, Fort Leonard Wood. I think I I think I do. You know what I'm talking about? He's got a he had a green beard at one time. I'm doing <laughs> <beard>. on <Okay. laughs> you. Yeah. So anyway, this guy was like, "Hey man." Uh, You want to be an apprentice, i will teach you how to tattoo, (coughs) la, la, la. Let me do this big back piece on you. We're going to, like, win all these competitions and shit. And then, I mean, I know you've seen my back piece. You've seen me naked a lot of (laughs) times. I I know you've seen it, and everybody's joked about it. But it's like, no, we didn't win one fucking award. Like, it's the worst (laughs) fucking thing ever, you know, and it's just this. So I kind of did have an apprenticeship. Was not really anything because I had to, like, teach myself everything all I learned was hands on and like fucking magazines and like studying everybody getting tattooed you know being in a shop watching people fucking do it and shit but like those guys didn't fucking know what they're doing so just a side thing the electric dragon those guys the shops failed um, but at this, I... yeah, at this time really? yeah, Glenn was <laughs> going to Arizona to meet up with the guys from um Enchanted Dragon.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: That's... So Enchanted Mm -hmm. Dragon had a big reputation out in Arizona, and they wanted to bring in some of the artists and train them, show them how to tattoo, and then they were going to reopen the shops as Enchanted Dragon. Like, he bought out the name, which there wasn't nothing. There was Mm -hmm. nothing. Those guys had nothing, you know. So that's how Enchanted Dragon came about in St. Louis, was because... They kind of got lured with this thing of, let's open this shop in a whole other state. But, like, when they got here, it was just, like, dog shit. Like, none of us knew anything. Like, we're all just a bunch of jokers, you know. So, um, I rode around with, back then, that was Glenn Tackett. So, Glenn Tackett owned Shadow Dragon, and his wife was Keeley Tackett. And she was, like, big known for uh, realism, I think, back mm-hmm. then. So, um, I rode around with them, and we tried to find, like, scouted out, like, shop locations and shit yeah. and stuff. This was back then. You know, I thought I was going to be part of this. And then, like, as it was getting deep, in I'm like, dude, this is fucking shady. They want me to go to Arizona and train, and I'm not getting paid for this. And, like, I got a kid. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So I fucking left. I burned out and uh, never answered the phone, you know. And I fucking <laughs> became a tattoo artist in the West End. You know, like, I learned whatever I could in that short period of time. And I fucking bluffed my ass into this fucking, into the rec club and said, yeah, I know how to fucking tattoo. I'm going to open a shop in the back.
0: That's how we used to do it. I bluffed
2: my fucking way in. I just faked it until I made it all the fucking way. For real. That's just what I did. Same. So, man, I just uh, made, you know, like, and you get enough dumb tattoos on your arms and shit like that. People fucking think you tattooed. You know, like you look more like a tattoo artist with tattoos. Especially back then. Yeah, so like I spent years trying to get rid of all of that. <laughs> <laughs> like all those dumb tattoos we just give each other like for free. Just so you could have something on your neck. You know, I can eat my hands tattooed, you know, like so that's kinda how I got it all started back then. I just faked it till I made it. And you know, the the um uh, the clothing store was cool, you know, it was really dope. But um I finally got the call. What I call the call, you know, like um you get noticed by somebody in another shop, a real shop. Hey, man, you've been putting in your dues. We're looking for somebody. So at that time, I went and started working at uh, for Mitch. Luckily, I mean, it's not luckily, but I say luckily at the time, you know, Chris Lewis passed away, killed himself, which shuffled a lot of people around at Trader Bob's and Mitch's. Yeah. So that's kind of what opened up a
1: spot for me, you know. Everybody got it. shuffled around, and then I got brought up. That was like in the shop, right? In no, he did
2: that at his his apart. Well, it was his house, but it was actually Mitch's house. Okay, yeah. Mitch owned. Yeah, okay. Mitch owned a house. I've heard so many different things. Yeah. About Mitch that. owned a house uh, on the south side, and um, he rented it out to Chris. So.
1: We just found his art portfolio. Oh really? Yeah. Fucking good. Like, I, yeah, dude. A lot guy's... of dark, dark, dark shit. But like. He was so good at
2: uh, drawing, you know, like his artwork was very good. So.
1: Yeah, the, the color pencil, like Prismacolor on vellum type stuff. There was some yeah. some really cool stuff in there. And, and yes, lots of darkness yeah. for sure. But.
2: but, like, he was, uh, like, I knew him right at the very end of his life. So I kind of started getting, I was at the Red Club and I wanted to get my neck tattooed. And he was only the really guys I knew that. Like the trust were like the old school guys. Mm-hmm. And like back then, like we you no know, way go to Iron Age. Fuck Brad. You know what I'm saying? Like fuck all the nobody like there was such a divide in this city of like tattoo shops. There wasn't no like, Hey, you want a guest spot? Hey man, we're friends, let's no. all go drink. It was like, Oh, there's that motherfucker, let's kick his fucking ass. It was just very, very like different back then. So, uh, you know, I went down and got tattooed by Chris and um, yeah. but, like Chris started the tattoo. He drew it up. He never charged me one time. But then, like, I at the very end, I could tell like something was up. He had like, he said, uh, called me up. He's like, "Hey man, let's get in there, and get this neck tattoo. Let's finished up." I was like, "Well, I don't know. I'm busy." He's like, "No, no, no. let coming. come I'm like, "Well, I don't really have the money." He's like, "Just come in and do it." So we did it. And like during the whole tattoo, he kept stopping, and he would fucking go in the back room. He'd take a phone call. He'd come back, and you could tell like he had been crying and shit like that, and like. He finished up my neck, finished up my arm. Anything else you want done? No, man. Didn't take no money, and like two days later, he fucking blew his head off. It's like he knew he was going to do it. Like he was finishing up loose thighs. Let's finish up that neck. Yeah.
0: Let's yes. finish up that fucking arm. Who was this? This is Chris Lewis. Chris Lewis. I've never heard of him.
2: Yeah, he was like one of the original Trader Bob's guys, I'd say. There was, back then, Mitch owned it, but then there was also uh, Electric Ed. Um, there was one uh, Ed, I think, was a club member. I think there was another club member. Po, like El or
1: Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Poe or Doe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I, Dan
2: might have worked there at the time. But, yeah, like, the original guys were, like, from what I remember, were, like, Mitch didn't even tattoo Then It was Chris Lewis, Aaron Blow, Jason Green, and there was one other uh, well, Brad. Yeah, Brad was one of the original guys. But when I started like getting tattooed, Brad had already left and opened up Iron Age. So, uh, but back then it was just those main dudes, and they were all like real fucking, you know, cutthroat looking dudes.
1: You
0: know, like, all, <laughs> I like, feel like I've heard Aaron Blow's name before. Iron owns,
2: owns Diablo Ink.
1: Currently, oh, he's a, yeah, he'd he'd be a currently. currently I just heard. I've heard he that name. By. So, he, like, Aaron Patrick.
2: Yeah, he's it's like an incarnation of the name. It's like either. I think his real name is Aaron Blow or Aaron Patrick Blow, mm-hmm. but it's been different things. But he was one of the original guys there, and uh, you know Jason. I don't even know if Jason's still around. Jason had a bad heroin problem. I had heard
1: I've time. heard that about him. I always heard he's like a really talented painter. Yeah. Cause uh, a friend of mine, Jason Barron. Yeah, yeah he, he I, remember, I, I, I work with Jason Barron for the time. Long yeah, long. yeah, I love Jason. Yep. Yeah. I think I saw him interacting with that guy, and I was like, "Oh, who's this?" You know, just looking around on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this guy was like a, painting a lot of like horror movie yeah. stuff."
2: Uh, yeah, but you know, Chris, Chris had a bad rep. Like back then, all the shops is all I remember were various forms of skinheads. Jared of Bob's had like kind of. Guys that leaned one way, Iron Age kinda had the guys that leaned the other way, you know. But like Chris was known like all his artwork had like iron crosses in it. Some kind of Nazi symbolism in it, you know, he tried to always pass it off as German, this or, that's a German cross or German I was like, yeah, dude, but that's still like that's what a symbol, you know, it's but so he had sure. a really bad reputation, and I think by the time I met him, he had uh, his bridges were already burned with everybody, so I think it was kind of like his isolation was out there at that shop, like he was just trying to stay away from everybody, he was trying to get in fucking fights, you know, there's all kinds of stories of this dude getting in fucking bad,
1: bad fights. It's interesting, because in, in the neighborhood, everybody that I've ever met that's tattooed by him like in the black community and so they all love him everybody's like crazy I'm like oh he's the best yeah he's really nice I guess he was just like to oh, the dude, customers nice and then crazy that to everybody else
2: story there was always like a weird reputation that old Trader Bob's had like some kind of like the not I'd say some kind of Nazi tie, but in reality Mitch was a collector of World War two mem- memorabilia which includes Nazi helmets, all this kind of shit. So there used to be, he would collect. So he had a little picture in the front window of some Nazi memorabilia. It says, we'll trade tattoos for any kind of World War II memorabilia, blah, 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 blah. So that's how that kind of started. Chris... Took on that whole thing. So when Mitch passed, not didn't pass away, but when he retired and quit tattooing, Chris would still do shit for him. He'd still tattoo people and get a switchblade or whatever the fuck it was, and he'd fucking give to to Mitch. And that's so there was always like that weird thing of like, oh, those guys got that that picture in there. But like by the time I started there, that stuff had already been like you know taken down, and you know that it was almost like a slow transition
0: from that old
2: dirty paneling you know, uh, scary vibe. (laughs) Yeah, well,
0: I think, I think that, I think the uh, shop was scarier than the neighborhood. That's what, well, what I was going to say is back then, like, people don't realize is like back then, like, tattooing come from like bikers and, you know, sideshow people and like the, the
2: the small percentage of the fucking population.
0: The fucking fringe. And like, like even when I got in, like along the same time, like it was still real fringy, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, those are the people that did it. I didn't know. It, it, it was just a different time, and it's yeah. not like that's none of that's acceptable now, right? But like no, yeah. <clears throat> the back then, that's just what it was, you know. And so,
2: yeah, things were real fucking weird. So it was, I don't want to say it was just dark. It was like
3: back then, I didn't fucking make
2: dick. <laughs> you know, like I I was happy to make fifty bucks a day and eat a hot dog from 7-Eleven and have some <laughs> beer. You know, like it was just we didn't like. Pulling a bunch of fucking tattoos. But, like, what really did it, I think, was fucking Ink Master. Like, uh, Miami Ink, Like, shows where people no, at sure. home would sit there and watch this fucking Joe Blow walk into the fucking shop. Commercial break? Sleeve. <laughs> and tell me you guys didn't have people come in after that. And like, dude, I want to get... Oh, I didn't realize it. It's oh, like a yep. process. Oh, you got to draw that on? Oh, you got to do that? And it's like consultations and, like... No, like, so I kind of started bailing right about the time when, like, that was, like, I was the walking guy, and it was just, like, dude, 10 a day, which is great. Like, money was great, but, like, I was burnt the fuck out. Like, I just, my hands hurt. People just wanted, like, bigger and bigger and better stuff, more and more custom shit. Like, man, I'm not like that. I can't just, like draw you a fucking you know a fucking green man on your arm out of my fucking head dude like I gotta like do some research and back then there was no fucking iPad there was nothing it was stencils (laughs) tracing fine you know I just now I just started learning how to use Google image search the last couple of years of me tattooing it was all you know like that was blowing my mind I was like basically any idea anybody I could just type it in this fucking search engine I could see pictures you know get ideas So that all just started happening right at the fucking end, you know.
0: So I missed out on all the cool shit. Did you get into tattooing just to get into tattooing? Like you weren't really an artist per se. Um, Like
2: I was, um, like artistic. I I just was never able to like kind of sit and um, I think there's a little bit of like trying to like slow your brain down a little mm -hmm. bit and like envision something and try to start sketching shit, but like. I never took art classes. Um, You know, art was always kind of looked at more like the dumb kids did it in school. You know, it was like an elective. You know, it's like you did art or you did music. Well, dude, I wanted to fucking be in a band. Mm. I'm not talking about a jazz band. I wanted to be in a band. (laughs) So I'm like, dude, I just want to play an instrument. You know, like, didn't know it was going to be the trombone, you know. So that was uh, fucking, you know, hopes just crushed. But so... You know, like, art was never really looked at anything other than an elective. You know, it wasn't anything that you could, like, make it a career out of.
0: No, no. Not uh, whatsoever.
2: Like, you'd be a starving artist. You were just creating paintings just to keep in the basement, so.
0: I took art classes, but my my family exactly supported it like that. Like, yeah. you're not ever going to make a living that doing this. You need to get, like, a real job, and then you can paint on the weekends or sure. something. And So that all got kind of pushed aside, and then I feel like, for me, tattooing opened up art later on. Like, I got into it to, like, get out of the streets and fucking, like, be able to, like, still fucking live like a pirate, you know what I mean? And fucking live the lifestyle of, like, the streets, but, like, have a job that, like, made a good living and, like it made it made a good hustle back then. You know what I mean? And I'd go get fucking drunk every night. <laughs> and then I could go make the same amount of money the next day. I was like, this fucking is sick. You know, but like, I wasn't, I was tracing shit off the walls and blah, blah, blah. You know, but like, I feel like when I was like 10 years in, when tattooing, like what you're saying, it started changing a lot, like around 2006, 2008. That was probably about it. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was like, I engross myself deeper into it because it's like, I want to fucking become that, you know? Yeah. I got fired from jobs from being too custom, being like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 I read uh, Reinventing the Tattoo. You obviously <laughs> don't know what you want. Let me run you out of the shop. So let me show you these books I've got. Do you know what You know what? every owner I work for did? Get the fuck out. You yeah. Know, like, yeah, what? yeah bro they're trying to make money they do what the fuck they want on the wall yeah
2: absolutely you know bringing that
0: fucking street money cause yep. that's
2: really what pays the bills it's the that street money you know it's the names and it's the hearts and yep. all that kind of dumb shit you know that you don't you know, want to do but like you gotta pay that electric bill bro
1: bread and butterflies that's right that ink uh, Miami ink when that started that was the first <clears throat> and I, I clearly remember a before and after cause I had just started tattooing like like loosely tattooing and uh I remember my friend Josh and I Josh R.I.P. passed away but we were like uh oh now people are gonna know what good tattoos look like and Dude. we ain't doing them at the time you know so I was and pretty worried about that I'm glad I
2: I mean I miss tattooing but like I wouldn't have been able to survive bro and the reason is is cause I fucking like I don't have an art background I don't have a fucking degree I don't have none of that shit like these guys are fucking like fine arts degrees and shit like know how to use a computer I don't know how to do none of that stuff so I would have fucking just failed so I'm glad I'm not in it no more but it's,
0: yeah you know, that. but I guess like you it would have forced me to fucking change it. my life was just so fucked off at that point that this was the best option I had you know what I mean um hey Bowser will you turn the air conditioner down get it cooler in here real fast yeah I my no, 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 for sure. On the hot seat. No, no, no. hot no. seat. No, the edible's kicking <laughs> in. <Not> <laughs> edible. <laughs> <Fucking>. I, <laughs> I felt about the... this start kicking in like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Oh, Talking shit. about the rec club,
2: bringing it back. <laughs> no. Shit's going to get buggy <laughs> No, in. it's the fucking edible. I fucking felt it like, whoa, my feet just got wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I,
1: I do love that, Nate. I always thought, you know, I was
2: Well, it was short for recreational club. Man. I know, like, dude, I love It was love supposed that. to be like tennis rackets and shit. It was like so cheesy. I
1: think the rec club, because... Um, I remember Anne. You know, remember Anne? that used to work at a Iron Age.
2: Oh uh, yeah, dude, that sounds familiar. She used to run
1: around. And she always had like a magnet from it. And then um, at um, All American in North County, with the guys that got me into it, there was a guy that they used to work with who was a, um, I believe he's from Mexico. He's a Hispanic fella, and he worked there and at okay. All American. Oh, okay. And, yeah, all
2: Americans have been around for a long and, time. And he was a
1: super character, and they would, like, one time my mentor, Mel, my friend Mel, let that guy take his Chevy Citation to go get lunch, and the transmission went out, just coincidentally. Chevy Citation. And my bud Mel was like, well, you're buying me a new transmission. So, <laughs> I always back, loved that name, though. Back reclaimed. then, it was, like,
2: Trader Bob's, Golden Lands. Craig's. Craig's. That was it.
1: I like Craig. I got to. Know, I was always scared to meet Craig, and then I finally went in there. He he was super nice. I, I liked him a lot. I Craig still like was him.
2: very crass, but like, dude, he. I mean, he tattooed out there all on his own for fucking twenty something years. Yeah, like he's, he knew how to do some shit and
1: you know? good, good, tattooed yeah. well. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm gonna get tattooed by him still. I was me and Alan were talking about it recently. Because he's like officially retired. Not, he j- he just retired. Like. Yeah, have
2: like, That yeah. shop looks like it's been run down for like ten years. He's like been he doing his thing. He hasn't right? painted
1: shit on that thing. Yeah, hey, I, I he used the, to
2: be like he must be what sixty.
1: I think he's sixty five. Like he 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 had like a plan. Like I'm retiring at this age, and he. he I think did. I've heard that for twenty years now. He, he's official though. It's <laughs> I've like, got tattoo by correct. Did you? I, yeah. I'm going. Well, I'm I mean, it's to. been covered up. Yeah. So yeah. Like I
2: don't even remember which one. But I, I, I want to.
1: to. I I like his. stuff. I remember seeing his stuff and then people saying. He's different. And then when I met him, he goes, yeah, I'm a little crabby, but, I, I you know, I'm nice. He it was, was super nice. so
2: slow. It was like the phone would ring and be like, oh. <laughs> take his gloves off, slam his machine. Hello. Craig's tattoo. You know, and then he'd fucking get a, Oh, motherfuckers think i'm like a straight shop you know like you just like it'll take dude how long is it going to take to do this
3: outline bro
2: the uh <laughs> the
1: south side tattooing was just uh, might as well have been a million miles away because like i'm from north county oh, that's right. and then, yeah right. and it's like so
2: what was close to you gold lines
1: uh t-dogs baby um, the t-dogs oh, opened in 97 like, yeah so I, up i'm up from <laughs> i'm from jennings you know so like uh there was T-Dogs. There was yeah. All-American. All-American was the first shop I ever went into. I was like 10 or something. And then uh, Blackthorn. There was a shop called Blackthorn that oh, was yeah, there. Yeah, and then yeah. uh,
2: Did somebody pass from there or the shop shut down or something? They
1: they closed when Class Act, where I started. They closed where Class, class Act was the main North County shop for a long time where I started. And then uh, I don't consider the Rock Road North County controversial take I have this discussion I don't know I'm compelled that'll be the next episode Anytime somebody's like oh the rock I'm like that's not north county and they're like why well, I didn't I don't even know what you're talking about man but but golden lane it's Land, the good part of north then, county uh, I didn't I didn't realize that you were a part of the rec club
2: Yeah um I was the original tattooer there but there was already a body piercer there oh, okay. named um Eddie was his real name but his real <coughs> I think his real name was Lloyd, but he went by uh, <laughs> Needle Sharp. Uh-huh. Needle Sharp Ooh. Body Piercing was the name of the body piercing. I have a so, prank phone call character called Well, back then it was like, you have a, what's his name? Needles is my prank needles. phone call oh, oh, I like that. character. It was yeah. Needle like Sharp scratch. Body Piercing. And back then it was like, they were one of the more reputable places then because, like, nobody pierced. There was Cheap Tricks, and then there was the Wreck Club, and I want to think Blade was a hair place I think
1: in the loop yes okay That's yeah
2: because I, I knew they
1: Ren was tattooing there I think gotcha, for a minute gotcha, back gotcha, in the day gotcha, gotcha. Uh, that rec club LT sounds like um, Hollywood Rebels origin story kind of because I remember that was a clothing store and yeah and they introduced tattooing and then went on and so forth I remember yeah that.
0: Jason Fancher and his wife opened that place and they had Jason Cross in the, in the back corner like Tattooing, and uh, he was apprenticing Jason. Uh, oh, okay. And, and uh, then he got strung out, and uh, <laughs> sold me all their clothes. And
1: <laughs>
0: he got st- <laughs> really strung out. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you don't even need these clothes, dude. No, no, no. And uh, they they ended up having to close that place, and then they got side to come in as a silent partner down there, at where the Pure Lounge ends up. Yeah. yeah no. And what, what's kind of now that other, what's that shop called?
1: Uh, Iron Tiger.
0: No, no, no. Or no, no um, Living Canvas. Living Canvas. Like, where Living Canvas I remember is that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Hollywood Rebels ended up there before they went back up to 10th. Like, when Matt Flowers and Sai took it over, they went back up to 10th Street. And then that's when they hired that one dude, Chris.
1: Yeah, he did my first tattoo. Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Because originally, when it was a clothing store, it was like down by where... Um, like the field or slackers, right? It was like on that little side street I remember. In Columbia. Columbia, oh, yeah. Okay. And
0: and so it was the best shop in Columbia at the time. And this dude Chris I went to school with him. his name was Chris Lehue. And like <laughs> I fucking I heard that he got fired and I was like I was there like the next day. Hey uh, I was here and then you all and this is before the internet or f- phones. Sure. <laughs> you know, really before cell phones. Here's some pictures of like, some of my work. <laughs> You're going to need somebody I'm pretty sure You yeah. know what I mean I'm, I'm over here now
1: <laughs> And that was the guy That did my first tattoo Not long before that That's awesome uh, Yeah But yeah, have the um, So the rec club And then you went to Trader Bob's Or Mitch's
2: uh, Mitch's Yeah And then Shortly after that I went to Trader Bob's Was that one like a uh, They were both s- owned by the same guy
1: Sprayberry And Kevin Cork And all oh, that Yeah that um,
2: I worked with uh, Kevin down at Mitch's and then, uh, you know, Mitch died, and then a son took over, and then they eventually closed Mitch's because it just wasn't. Yeah, like that, that didn't really. last too much, yeah, long. where, last much where longer. Where was that at?
1: South Broadway. Like 7615
2: uh, South Broadway.
1: Right by the Crystal Wizard. Still yep. great store.
2: <laughs> yep. So um, that shut down, and then that kind of uh, forced me to go to Trader Bob's, you know, and uh, that's kind of how I. Like I never really wanted to work at Trader Bob's. I loved the history behind it, but like there was really no other options. I'm not saying it was a bad shop. It was just I. Like, I always considered myself a little more new school for that old school thing, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, I, you got the more that that flair. Now I have to ask. Do you have anything to do with the Limp Biscuit sticker in the back of Trader Bob's? <laughs> I love it, Dude, and there's probably a, a good possibility it may have been when I, other, <laughs> one of my friends at the time when I found it. Because you I, know I, I resemble Fred Durst, that <laughs> I am a lover of Limp Biscuit. It was a sticker from like their first shit, like way that's old. Probably, and then I un- I unearthed it, and I was like, aha!
2: There's nobody else there that listened to that music but
1: me. And Alan goes. Ask Sean Garrison about that sticker. I guarantee that he has some connection to it. Well, he, that's
2: nice that you guys still have it there.
1: I am a fan <laughs> of all that biscuit still, <laughs> so there's no... You have to send me a picture yeah, of it. Yeah, it hilarious. was very, uh, very... Because uh, we were talking like, oh, and everybody's like, who put that there? And Alan's like, I would Dude, bet money. it was is.
2: so different back then. It was <laughs> just the way, even though it was set up, but, you know, like, it was just...
1: And then you, you, a wild wild you was went, you were at All-Star and Thresh. You were, did you work at Threshold, too? I did work okay. at Threshold. I
2: forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So, um,
1: I heard that. shortly
2: bitch. I got, you know, like I worked Trader Bob's for a long time, and then, like, uh, I got the call again, you know, hey, uh, Chuck had passed away. Yeah, Chuck so that died Chuck died yeah. in a car accident, I think, at, at All Star, and that freed up a spot. So I got the call to come up there. And so I, I started up there, and then, like, oddly enough, within the same week or a couple of days later, that's when the acquisition of Alan and Nate of, the shop. That's wild. Because I think, basically, I, I, it's not like I was a great thing or anything, but, like, it wasn't that. It was me leaving, I think, was one of the last nails in the coffin for Mitch's son, where yeah. he's like, I'm done trying. Like, none of the old guys are here anymore. I don't know what else to do. People are leaving. I need to get this out from underneath this. So, like, within the same week, I think, like, the And he didn't did.
0: tattoo, I guess? No.
2: Nope. No, he was a bartender. He was a bartender at the pageant.
0: Yeah, for forever, right? Yeah, so, so he
2: took all his, like, savings, you know, bartender savings, and sunk it all into the shop, trying to revamp it and paint it and do all this kind of shit, but, like, it just wasn't, it just
1: wasn't. I met him a few thing. years ago for the first time. He seemed like a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. The, it, this is the same location?
0: Mm-hmm. This, yeah, he, they owned the building or something, or had bought the building? Mitch owned,
2: yeah, Mitch owned, or Mitch owned the building, then his son owned the building, and then so he sold everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, sold the whole Everything was. in the basement, as is, every, you know, so short laughter. Uh and like, Ahmed
1: and Joe worked there.
2: Yes. I hired Ahmed. I was the guy that hired Ahmed. Good hire. Yeah. Loved the guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's great. That was like
2: one of the last things I think I did maybe. That was right at the very end, but... Um, Ahmed was there. He was fucking, you know, knocking shit out. And
1: Alhoff apprenticed there. Yeah. So he was there. Yeah, Joe, I think apprenticed under
2: maybe Kevin and Eric. I think like that's what he had always. Yeah, like he's like, 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 like kind of like the shop guy. Yeah, you know, like talented. Joe's was too soft for Trader Bob <laughs>
1: back then, you know. Like,
2: they just beat him up. <laughs> okay. Not yeah. like physically. Yeah, no, like, I mean, he's
1: a great guy. He, man, yeah. talk about a talented artist, but I can't imagine him in that environment.
2: No, no, no. Like, um, there was, man, yeah, it was very old school versus new school, and like, you know, like... School was a lot meaner than new school.
1: <laughs> Who was uh Did you when you worked at Threshold? What era was that? Did you work with like Wolfman
2: or anything? I did work with Wolfman. <laughs> I love I love Wolfman. That's my I That's my forgot War, Threshold. I haven't even thought about Threshold in so long. That's okay. So um, you, know, you
0: know, Kaylee worked with Wolfman and Rat Daddy. Yeah, she bro. Yeah. She's been to uh, fucking Sturgis, bro, with Rat Daddy and them.
1: Yeah, that Wolf Wolf used to love going and Wolfman. Up there. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, like. She was apprenticing or something and like they took her to fucking Sturges. Sturges. I'm like, like we're talking about like a green twenty three year old girl from St. Charles, bro. Like they were just woo. trying to see her intense. They, yeah, they they were were really like, well, hopefully she, she was you know, she said that they never really were creepy to her. Not right Wolf's no. that most
1: stand up like loves his so wife. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean
3: Um
2: let's I, see she my got era there
0: was uh <laughs> yeah.
2: I love that guy. Tamara was still part of it. It was before they expanded. Um, her husband Jonathan, mm-hmm. I think, was like almost passed, which I think he's passed now. Isn't yeah, it? Of yeah. Course he's yeah. been passed for a long time now. But like it was like almost at that point. So uh, I worked with Wolfman. I worked with Jason, uh, Jason Barron. Yeah, I love um, Jason There too. was a guy there named Jason. Steve. Worked there. Just a small Steve, of um, time.
1: older guy. Yeah, but he could be my age. Oh, I don't okay. know. I don't think he was my I, age. <laughs> I
0: think I know who he, he... ended up working at Rockstar, I think, for yes. a little while. Yes. He passed away. He passed he away. a talented
1: guy. Yeah. Steve, not Steve Herring, but Steve... Matt Harden. Or Steve something. Harden, yeah. Steve yeah. Harden. No, is that... it was, no, it was Harden, Harden or Harden. It's something like that. Something yeah. like that. He was a talented like, guy. Yeah, yeah.
2: I started working there right after a bunch of bullshit happened. Like, some intermingling dating. Some, you know, like artists with shop people, you know, front people, <laughs> something happened. So when I started, she, like, was, like, very adamant, like, there ain't no bullshit going on here, right? Like, you know, I already talked to Alan about you. I was like, oh, okay, great, you know. So, yeah, it was fine, you know. Like, yeah. it was, I was there maybe a month. It, she, oh, okay, and that was, like, towards int- your... Yeah, any interest I had in tattooing, she burned it out of me. It was just, uh, I just wasn't at a point in my career that I wanted to, uh, make a lot of money be forced to do shit. You yeah. know, like I was like so burnt out and she was just lining them up. Here's an armband. Here's this after that one I'm like, Man, I don't want to do a fucking arm band. You know, like this is the reason I took this job is like I can kinda of pick and choose what I want to do. And so I mean she was a great business person, but like like I said, it just wasn't a point in my career that I like.
1: Needed. Yeah, yeah, it's still a super successful shot. I just needed
2: to go and get high and do a
1: couple of tattoos and just try to get through (laughs) this weird point in my life, you know? Were you smoking uh, weed, like, during all that? Like, when (laughs) you were learning? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not at like you know, but, like, Um, did it affect you? I took a little
2: break when my son was real young. Like, right after he was born, I took a little break because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, you know? But, like, you know, once he got old enough, he was kind of on his own. You know, I found myself you know, going to the bathroom and, you know, doing a hit, you know, while we was taking a nap and like little shit like that and like, I think I just kinda needed the medication more than anything, you know. I always had a you know, I got a lot more you know, most artists were all fucking crazy and <laughs> you know, so we're all kinda medicating in some way. So cannabis is always a part of my life, you know, it was always a part of especially the tattooing part, I felt very creative. I felt relaxed. It was also like a brotherhood too I felt you know like you get tattoos you know oh you smoke weed yeah smoke you know, in the like, alley yeah. yeah like it was just camaraderie. Kinda, yeah, camaraderie and it was you know it was uh, a secret club in a way
1: just the other day uh, speaking of your son I my phone in my car my bluetooth about seven out of ten times it doesn't call who I ask it to call <laughs> <laughs> and it called the last number I had for your son and I was like well, that's not mom, but okay. And yeah, then, that's fair enough. I was like, yeah, let it ring, you know. And then it was a lady who was like, hello. You know, I was like, who's who him?" It? <laughs> no, it was somebody. It was like, um, I guess an old number, you know, or something. But that was funny. I was like, ah, oh, that's weird because I knew we were going to be talking. So, yeah. yeah. I always felt like I missed out on the uh, the uh, around the building cigarette and weed smoke in any shop I've ever worked at just because I, you know, I, I've always smoked weed, but I just can't handle it. Dude,
2: work. there was something about the group hiding off in the corner. Yeah. Doing something together that they don't want everybody else to notice. There's something so intriguing about that. The p- group smoking weed at the party when you are a kid. <laughs> the fucking. The groom the that everybody's going into, the dude coat, you know, in your 20s. You know, yeah, like yeah, there was course. just something about that club of being accepted into whatever <laughs> it was. It could have been fucking. Shooting fucking marbles, dude. You know, yeah. if I knew it was like a secret club and I'd i feel cool from it, I'd be like, All right, bro, let's go shoot some marbles. <laughs> yeah, I always <laughs> would be inside, to... like
1: looking outside, watching them like up, oh, they look like they're all having fun, but I don't want to just be standing there. You yeah, like, always see everybody kind of give each other a look yeah, and then everybody yeah, go up and yeah, they just go yeah, walking. Okay. It's like, Motherfucker. Would you
0: would you say like because like what I was saying earlier about like, you know, early in my tattoo career, it was about fucking partying and shit like yeah, that. Was so... that like was that like you, or yeah. like were you more of just a, a smoker and and didn't really? I mean, I know we all party a little bit, but like, I went to the bar every fucking night. And probably did mostly coke at the end of that night in oh, one yeah, way, yeah, sure. shape, or form. And so,
2: like, when my kid was born,
0: I was a dad. You know, yeah, yeah, like
2: I I no, yeah, do anything no. like that. But excuse me, at when he was three, we split up and I was in my late 20s at that time and that was like my first time that I had ever been free you know like an adult free I had the week you know to do shit and that's when I really started like dabbling like partying partying <laughs> like when I was younger I'd done assed and stuff like that Sure, I knew I liked to check out and party and do different shit but like dude I didn't try coke until my late 20s so, Yeah, <laughs> you know like I didn't start doing that kind of shit like I never had money back then I had to buy diapers you know I didn't I have I smoked fucking, crack at 16 you know, like, <laughs> it I never was a that. spiritual
0: experience
2: so like I didn't start really partying until like I was an adult and I could actually fucking you know like enjoy it I guess you know so uh, but yeah, sex, drugs, rock and roll, man—the whole thing. That's what I thought. Like, I really think if you want to make a success in tattooing and probably canvas too, like you really have to have control. You have to have two separate lives. You know, like I, in the beginning, I tried it. Like when my kid was little, I had two separate lives. Like I would go to the shop, and like I didn't talk about not, you know, I didn't talk about anything, and like nobody met. It just wasn't the thing. Like that was almost like. A coat I put on like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I put my coat on and walk in the shop and, and yeah, I was tattoo. Sh- I was a tattoo artist. I did blah 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 and I'd take that coat off and I was the dad when I went home. But like when that that all changed when I had a lot more free time and I wanted to medicate a lot more, you know, like my marriage just fucking blew up. You know, I was like part time dad. I didn't want that to happen, so like Yeah. The bars, you know, like you, you you go to where other people are fucking <laughs> at, man. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you go to the bar and you fucking meet people and you start partying. And like, yeah, so it was all fucking just sex, drugs, rock and roll, different bed warmers, and like just trying to like comfort anyway, really. That's kind of how it was. So oh, I understand. You know, I didn't really like get my shit together. You know, I'm almost 50 now, but I didn't get my shit together until maybe 40, 41. And that was because I. You know, got with my wife. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I'd still be out there, probably treading water to this point. You know, like I don't think I was ever given skills young enough to like learn how to do things. You know, when you go through shit, or I'd just probably be at the bars again. But I think in in order to make a success out of it, like you got to really fucking, you have to have your head on your shoulders. And like I can only give you like my perspective from my point. Like you guys know the tattooing part, but like the cannabis thing, like. I'm not a state licensed worker. I can't give you like that kind of goody goody standpoint. But I can tell you like, you know, like the cannabis venue that I am the avenue I'm going right now, like it's another one you gotta keep your head on your shoulders too, you know. Like you got a lot of freedom. You got a lot of everything, you know, so you gotta just uh, you know, have that discipline of getting up and going to work seven to three and you know, like you gotta you if you fail it's all you. Just like when you tattoo, if you fuck up, it's probably you. You gotta look in the mirror, you know. So there's a lot of similarities with,
0: with that. I like, I like to say that a lot. A lot of people don't like. They think our job's some kind of party, you know, and you know, and TV is portrayed like that to some degree and things like this. But like, you know, when you fucking set out, it's fucking work and it's fucking stressful because you, you got to make sure that it's good for the person. Like they're the most important person right then yeah you know including yourself and like man i you know how many years that people didn't think this was a real job just like probably you know uh, a, a, a venue promoter or sure. uh, you know uh, uh you know i don't know some trap or like agent for a of a, a star or something you know on the outside it doesn't look like this job but like you know i know cannabis is a job you, you gotta, like, tend to all the time. You know, it's a full-time job just like you know, tattooing. You have to have a lot of discipline. You could have a bad day and
2: fucking, uh, be like, dude, I don't want to fuck the plants. I don't know what's going on with this problem. I don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna walk away from it. And then, like, there's nobody else to blame but you. Like, so you there's a lot of self-discipline. You can't just get high all fucking day and, like, ignore your shit. Like, you really gotta fucking... And especially what I'm doing, or yeah, like, there's I'm seed to sale, you know, like I'm I'm growing, I'm packing, I'm fucking labeling, I'm meeting, I'm fucking messaging, you know, like it's there's nobody else but me. So if uh, if I start to slip and shit like that, it all slips.
0: For sure. So. so I want to take it back. So tell me about your first experience with canvas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was about ten. Yeah, yeah. I was ten. Um, was was it, it?
0: Was it like in your household? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, first of all, like I got kind of a, a weird perspective because my family were a bunch of cops. So my real dad, my stepdad, my brother were all cops. So cannabis was always kind of uh, I saw it from the other side. You know, I saw. <laughs> My stepdad confiscating plants, you know, or someone's trunk. I saw, like, the negative part of it. I never really saw, like, anybody, like, positively getting any use out of it. You know, like, it was like you never wanted to earn, end up like Greg the shit bomb down at the gas <laughs> station who stood down there all day with no shirt on, you know, like, fucking just smoking cigarettes, hanging out. Everybody knew the fucking Greg at the gas station who had nothing going on in his life, and she's like, you ain't going to fucking end up like that, you know, so... right. But 10, um, you know, like my dad died when I was 9. So 10, I had a stepbrother. And stepdad was introduced into the picture. He was a cop, like I said. But stepbrother was like kind of a shit bum. Was kind of like, I said Greg, but his real name was Greg. As a matter of fact, that's so funny. Greg, Greg was a shit bum, but Greg introduced. He had the first pinner <laughs> joint that he brought into the household. So I remember Greg being in the basement, sliding glass door open to him. And my sister, my real sister, like going back there and sneaking. Like, just you know, so, like, there it was. With that fucking click of, like, I need to know what's going on. So I went back <laughs> there. I'm just stood there long enough. You stand there long enough. Someone's going to go, you want some of this? You know, and, like, they handed it to me. And I remember my sister was like, oh, no, he's too young. And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. I, you know, so I, I hit it once, maybe. You know, maybe twice. Like, maybe I felt something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Like, I think everybody hears a lot of things of, like, what you're supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. But, like, most times... You're just kinda of tired. You're kinda of relaxed. You kinda of fall asleep. Right. You know, you kinda of zoned out. Most people oh, I don't feel it. I don't feel that I'm like, yeah you do, yeah. You just fucking chill. You're just relaxed. That's what it does. It doesn't make you go crazy and do cartwheels in the street, you know. So that's that was my first introduction. I remember being very amazed at like this was just something that grew. You know, it was just something that you could find, you know, and uh, I think I always kinda of chased that chased it, you know. Like I think alcohol came a uh, close second, you know, I tried booze after that. But it was always uh, you know something about the growing something. It was a plan that felt natural, you know, it was just different. But yeah, my first introduction was ten. But I didn't really start like, you know, really doing it was like late in high school. Even in high school I was still pretty much against it. like, No Stupid Potheads,
0: you know, <laughs> like that's
2: that's what you heard, you know, this was like Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, early nineties. Late eighties.
0: Late eighties. Yeah. So No say no to drugs. Then. Yeah, so I
2: started I think I started smoking at like maybe nineteen. Eighteen or nineteen
0: or something. That's when yeah. you remember like really actually feeling the effects of it. Yeah,
2: like me and our our friends would all go drive around and we'd get high yeah, and yeah. do baddies. And that's when I was really noticing it, but it was also like um, always incorporated with alcohol somehow. It was never just it by itself. It was always drinking. Then you did a couple of baddies. It was never just enjoying it by itself. So I didn't start doing that until later in life. You know, well maybe you know, after my son was born, I just started doing that.
1: Because I think you guys are about the same age. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm
0: about to turn forty-eight. Uh, okay. Forty next week. I'll be fifty in a few months. Yeah, we're right around the same. I, I this is a little different for me, but. I mean there's this alcohol's been so accepted for so long and like it's so easy to find yeah and, and I I think uh, I think that that just like the the way that our society set up is like or at least when we were growing up like oh, it's been a rough day you're meant to have a drink and relax and it's like that is somewhere right yeah <laughs> they, they really normalized yeah. it a lot but like I don't, I don't I think that's a pretty skewed perspective and I think that we're going to see more of that with cannabis in the future and
1: less of the alcohol being pushed aside.
2: 420, right? It's not five o'clock. Anymore. Yeah. It's 420.
1: That's yeah. right. Yeah. What about um,
2: you? Uh, what was
3: your,
1: uh, I was 12 and a guy named Todd Bolin. He was like the first, <laughs> like hood white dude I knew. And he had a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he it? Was, it was like a little thin no, oh, In Columbia yeah, no. and he lived in a, a, trailer park outside of town out there. That's where you live. And, uh, I didn't, but, well, I mean, did. but that's yeah. where you live. Yeah, you love my dad. And he loved, he was the first dude I ever heard talk about ICP, but it was like, way back, you know, but he was like, he was like, a hood, dude, you know, and uh, I remember it was in, in school he was supposed to like sell a bag of weed to somebody and they backed out, so he, like, <coughs> slid it across the table to me, he's like, here, this is on me. It
0: was hey. just like this little
1: like, five dollar, you know, that nickel bag of weed or whatever. Dust. And we tried, uh, I, we ended up freebasing it, because my best friend Tyson, who's still my best friend, shout out Tyson, um, he was like, i see seen my brother do this. So he <laughs> took my mom's, like, soda and, like, dumped it out, and we, like, cut it and had and we, like, dumped out a gallon of milk. We were trying to make like, a gravity bomb, but we didn't know that at the time. And we tried all these different ways, and then we just ended up holding a piece, we'll ass, <laughs> right. a piece of tin foil.
2: That still kicked my ass, All right. I still keep
1: getting waves, and <laughs> we're like, whoa. <laughs> I like, I was saying, all weird. right.
0: Like, Um, I'm good. I'll probably do one in a minute, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good, bro. Fucking Um, God, huh? So, let me see. I think uh, I
2: remember, uh, well, shortly after that, I do remember, so, like I said, the stepdad and the stepbrother came into the picture. So, anyway, I started school at this new school. I was third grade, I think it was at the time. So, one of my first days of school, I remember a big ruckus happening out on the playground. And... uh, one of the kids. Uh, shout out to Alan Kaufman. He passed away. All right, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. This was uh, Jason McDonald. Okay, yeah, Alan still with yeah. us. Yeah, Alan. Alan has passed away though. Oh, okay. yeah. But anyway, Jason. Uh, <laughs> had a bag of weed in his wallet. This is third grade dude. <laughs> he had a bag of weed in his wallet and he was showing it to everybody <clears throat> in the playground. And the teacher saw him and he fucking took it and he ran and he went and hid in the woods. <laughs> like we didn't live in a city. Like this stick. So like he hid in the woods and didn't come back. He came back the next day but he got suspended. But like that was my introduction it was just like oh, oh shit. <laughs> dude, new school like this is mean, streets, <laughs> mean streets of Cedar Hill. Mean streets of Didmuth Missouri. funny. But
1: yeah, yeah I remember That era, for me, I went to an elementary school called Robert E. Lee (laughs) Elementary, but uh, there was a a girl that had one of those pens that you could click, and it'd be like, show the the lady's boobs or whatever. I remember in the playground, she... It's like gathering everybody around. And was like, look at this. He's like, I stole this from my dad. Yeah. Let me see that. <laughs> 45 seconds later, right I, right? I think I see a boot. Yeah. <laughs> a side down. They
0: they did a lot of wild shit back then, like fucking matchbooks that did shit like that and lighters. A little weird
2: pornography. All kinds of weird things that get your jollies off.
0: Weird creepy shit in the bathroom, yeah.
2: gas station bathroom. Yeah, and and all, all, all the little machines, machines and, and, and all these. yeah
0: Novelties. No, yeah. I felt dirty just looking at it. I stayed
2: away what is that? How much does it cost? I don't know, man. I don't think it's worth it. No. Um, <laughs> Not even for the joke. Yeah. I don't know. yeah
1: novelty. <sighs> No, isn't that scary? That's what a that condom used to I don't know what no type of is. girls are going to back then allow you to be like, hey, by the way, I, I got this, this French tickler I brought out. It's really <laughs> just literally
2: a piece of rubber with a bunch of things on it. <laughs> Dude. That's cool.
1: Now they have
0: vibrators at Target. So. <laughs> <Do they? laughs> yeah, Walmart. Dude, yep. you that's how just... they roll now. That's what I, well, I know, right?
2: Sexual health is wellness, right? I, don't, I don't, I'm like, I'm,
0: I'm all for it. I just like, it's just, it's wild coming from like, I'm, I'm fucking old, bro, at this point. Like, I think the
2: fucking more and more that society gets away from this talking. I know this is fucking weird, but, like, the talking and in person and you're getting the meta universe or whatever the fuck you guys are talking about. And yeah, 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 You're, like, you can create any kind of persona. You want to fucking be online and nobody fucking knows nothing. Like, there's got to be a way to get your rocks off. Like, if you're not <laughs> meeting in person, how else you got to do it? Oh, like, there we God damn, go. give me a fucking aisle at Walmart. You don't give me the fucking The vibrator aisle at Walmart Give me the fucking You know The, the sleeve aisle Whatever the fuck it is like, I haven't fucking seen a girl In ten years Like I need something That feels like a vagina
0: <laughs> They I'm, I'm sure the porn industry Is working <coughs> really hard On all the metaverse stuff Right now okay. They gonna need that the, just, Like you're gonna feel Everything Like it's gonna get wild Not only that but like
2: I, have, I think more like National Geographic, like like the evolution of our bodies, like the smarter we get and the more we use our brains, like the bigger our heads are gonna get, and our bodies just turn to like these like little fucking, uh, fucking some people who of shit <laughs> like some aliens, alien yeah, people. Yeah, like, I'm not necessarily um, an
1: alien guy. <laughs> But I have heard a theory that people think they're actually just time traveling humans who have evolved Ooh. because of the technology. It's, a, it's it an intriguing.
0: It be look how big his head
1: is. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that same thing. It's pretty. Like, well, that know. one. I'm not one of those guys. But I was like, well, oh, that's kind of... Because
0: well, you don't need the you don't need the mass space, and <laughs> yeah. your bones start to <laughs> deteriorate. <laughs> and then I become a reptile. But yeah. for an introvert. I'm not too
1: mad yeah, it's dude. everybody. <laughs> I'm not too the, mad. The um well, we're gonna rein it back in here. Um LT, speaking of uh, dirty stores, did you ever know anybody at that piercing shop that was connected to the old un theater in Columbia? It was like built onto the back of it.
0: You know, I, I worked with a guy.
1: Did was it Woody? Was that the guy's name?
0: Uh no, but I worked Ron Bradley worked there. For really, a while. bro. Ron worked the front desk.
1: Uh, okay, it was called the Gauge Cage. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah.
0: that's where Ron started. The piercing piercing yeah, was over yeah. at the Gauge
1: Cage. Really,
0: but you know, like all of that kind of spun off into uh, what was that? The gay place that was uh, ended up over off Wilkes, uh, Eclectics. Uh, oh, <laughs> so the Gauge Cage and shit all kind of ended up like with that. I think it was all the same people. I don't really know, but Rock The work, store. Ron worked down there, bro.
1: <laughs> I remember I got my uh, LeBray pierced there. I, I never went in there. But they, they had all the best jewelry
0: back then, back when tongue rings were $75 yeah. each and shit.
1: If you're going to have a piercing store so, built onto a porn shop, that's a hell of a name for it. So
0: I
2: remember getting my tongue pierced at the Electric <laughs> <laughs> Dragon in Barnhart. I don't even know what year this was. Dude. Oh,
3: fucking 90. I don't even
2: my kid was wasn't born yet so it had to have been 94 95 but i remember them pulling open up the drawer and just pulling the four out <laughs> like no bag <laughs> not even in the dry he said like he was just like oh here you go right. <laughs> i can't believe the amount of trust i had in this fucking total stranger i think it was like 100 and Something fucking dollars. It was so expensive yeah, to get know. something like that done. You know, bro. They I just reminded the
0: seventy-five dollar barbell. Like, yeah, because uh, I used to make jewelry in the basement of Tattoo You and fucking, in Colombia. Like we would make the to bead rings on these like jigs, and like I made, I like made shit and dies, like because it was so much cheaper to go buy the stainless steel and make sure. all of these things. And we even bought the hematite beads from like fucking cool stuff.
3: <laughs> That's what all altern- true
0: Like, and even still yet, we could sell each one for $50 back then, you know what I mean? Like, now they're like 30 cents, yeah. you know what I mean? But, like, China. Dude, I remember the... China!
2: Bret Club, dude, they... Back then, like, they pierced so many fucking tongues and navels, it was fucking stupid. We would set up at the... at Point Fest.
1: <laughs> nice. Dude,
2: they would fuck a line out the door. Like, they would have Got two or three artists piercing that night and they would all make two grand a piece. We
0: used to get rich back in the day. I mean, I ain't going to bullshit nobody. We used to get rich. Man, it was just like stupid. You you used to get rich, right? I used to get rich. Dude,
2: I didn't start making money until I worked at All Star.
0: When I worked, I used to go work at the lake and make $5,000 in three days at 50% take-homes. Like, I was making 10000 a weekend. I didn't even know what to do with the money. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, like oh, I, yeah. I, I'll buy a Cadillac. I, yeah. <laughs> like, also, I, I was making like, I don't
2: know, to 800 a day. Yeah. Which was fucking, to me, was like, rich. I felt like Scrooge McDuck swimming. That's what I'm saying. That was rich. Due, I was spinning as much as I, I would, like, leave with a pocket of money, and I'd go to Walmart and just buy shit. Like, I need a fucking desk. You know, like I don't need a desk. I need these DVDs. I don't need the DVDs. Like I just want to spend money. I just want to because I knew the next day I had all these appointments lined up. I had all the walk-ins that were going to come in. Like it was just fucking stupid money. And I just kind of bailed. It's, it's wild. The best times that you choose
1: to like. When I first started making money, I just got hooked on Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> I was just like, fuck it. My old boss Tony at T Dogs, he liked it too. I felt I made it.
2: I felt I made it when uh, I could take my laundry to the laundromat around the corner from All Star and have all the Asian fucking ladies do my laundry. They'd fold it all, and they I'd come back and get it, and it would all be fucking stacked. i would smell. I didn't have to do none of it. I'd throw them like whatever it was, plus another 10, man. Walk well, out like a rock star. It's a power move. The Dude, laundry, it felt yeah. so good to, to do that. Live that life. I just couldn't believe it. I'd watch these guys. Watch Drive And doing all, like, what are you doing? You're taking your laundry? You don't even do your laundry? Like, whoa, bro. Like, I'm not, like, I was starving at Trader Bob's. Like, I didn't have no money. Like, no money. But there they were just like. It was fucking money hand over fist, so it was a big shock, and my I couldn't handle it. I just fucking I crashed and burned, is essentially what happened. In reality, what happened with me is I mean, you know, like I said, I've got a lot of fucked up things going on in my head, but like I think I'm at that time. Uh, I think when you start to get settled in your life and things start to feel good, that's whenever all those fucked up things that happen. Bubble up, yeah, for sure. I think when you're set and you feel good, that's whenever your childhood trauma comes up. That's what this pops up, and you're just like, "Fuck, I need therapy," like, because all this other shit is going on, and this is, you know, going good. But anyway, shit like that started popping up, and I, uh, I went to a psychiatrist, and I fucking got on one fucking med, and then like six months later, I've I'm on, probably four or five heavy psych meds, all one to interact the other one of them's Adderall. So and and Adderall I think is my savior. You know, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the only thing to make me feel good," but like that was the worst thing in the world for me. But like I, you know, like I crashed and burned. I fucking lost everything, really. Like I I fucking, you know, I lost my mind. I the psychiatrists weren't like present, you know. I was just mm-hmm. a nurse kind of monitoring everything and like you know, like I I fucked shit up at the shop. I got suspended, you yeah. know. And uh, I was like, oh, you're going to fucking suspend me? I'm going to fucking still tattoo out of my house. I still got to make money. You ain't going to tell me I can't make my money. You know, this is all my equipment. I'm just renting this booth out. So I fucking took my shit home. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that. So I got suspended for uh, a little longer, I think. And they are like, well, come on back. And when I came back, they fucking let me go. And, uh, like, all this whole time, I had no idea, like... Anything like, you guys are all crazy. You know, this is right. all you. I, yeah. what? So <laughs> yeah. I went home and, like, I fucking, I just, I kind of was in disbelief for a while. And I fucking flushed everything down the toilet. Everything. Zoloft, everything. Flushed all down the toilet. And I fucking slept for, like, three days. I watched Futurama and I just slept and slept. And finally I kind of came to and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I think I just lost my job. Let me see if I can call him back nope. Nobody's picking up. Like, nobody's answering, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Nobody did shit, you know? So I took a little break, and I realized, like, uh, like I tried tattooing on my house, and that was terrible, you know? <laughs> it was so terrible to have, like, those two worlds combined. Yeah, and I just no, had to I, I, be fucking home, and, like, I got people fucking, one, you know, like, it was so horrible. It was such a bad idea. So I took a little break, and I started feeling better. But, you know, like, bills came about, so I that's when I started working at Threshold, and then she just beat the fuck out of me with that, you know. So left there, and I tried working at a little shop out in uh, Washington.
1: Oh, uh, which one? Alley Cat. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, at that time it was owned by William, who owns yeah. Cheap Tricks. So I, knew I tried that. getting a job at Cheap Tricks, and he's like, "Well, we don't have any home for you, but we can, you know, employ you out there if you want to make the drive." So I went out there and I worked for a few months and helped them out, and it just, I just wasn't feeling. Did you ever
1: me. meet Bill Ramirez out there? No. Uh,
2: uh, uh, there was a, uh, a chick.
1: Francine.
2: Francine. Yeah, was she's there. still Francine yeah. was there, and Jason was still pu- Jason Barrow was putting a couple of uh, shifts into.
1: But um, was you know, that? Like it just kind of burned me out there. That was, was your. Me. Was that the last place? Out there was that. Yeah, dude. Like
2: I just, I kind of fizzled out. You know, I really wish I would have kind of finished strong. You know, stronger. A little, little more on my terms. Like I wish I could like go back and do that career again, but with like a mature adult brain. I think I could have went <coughs> a lot further, you know. But like back then, it wasn't that. I just fucking crashed and burned, and then like it's too hard to start over, man. It was too hard. Like I, I was already discredited in my mind, to, like in the community that I was. I wanted to impress,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, like. Those guys, I couldn't, you know, they wouldn't bring me back in. There was nobody else. I didn't want to go to Iron Age, you know, that was always the enemy, and it was just like no other place to go. So it was like, oh well, maybe it was just my time to just fucking stop. So luckily at that time, you know, I was uh, tattooing during the day, but at night time I was working the pageant, okay. lighting up the pageant, you know, and I fell in love with working live music, and so it was a nice transition. I just started working shows and then I became a janitor which it was kind of like fulfilled a long time dream of mine which is so fucked up but I was one of those kids that always could look at the janitor in school and think
3: I could do that job
1: I was a school I, janitor I, yeah. could that, <laughs> like, I could rock that I could it. the fuck out of that job yeah, you it's a great like,
2: job dude and being at a concert venue and a janitor like that was cool like I was high all the time you know cleaning like I enjoyed cleaning like it like clicked a lot of OCD things in my head but dude it was lonely going from uh, a day to $650 an hour, you know, scraping floors and like in a bathroom. I did a lot of soul searching, man, like a lot of like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, (laughs) you know, so I kind of feel like you don't really get any kind of clarity in life until you really hit rock bottom. And I kind of feel like that was one of my rock bottom moments where it's like, man, I'm not anywhere in life, but at least I've got something, you know, at least I, I enjoy cleaning and i know i didn't do that and i know i'm gonna try so it was just trying to like reinvent myself you know so just made that natural progression from that weird life of mine of a tattoo artist to this weird 18 years of the music industry that it was like live music you know the whole time so
1: i remember the first time i saw you at the pageant. it was at a <laughs> um, great <laughs> there was a halloween jägermeister halloween night and it was like, what were the, my old work they loved is being called Slightly Stupid. Yeah. And we were there and an <laughs> okay. old co-worker of mine who just, just was drunk, you know, and he was hitting on a girl, maybe, how, how was it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, I don't want to, no, I don't know who it was. Oh, but okay. <laughs> maybe Stacy? Does she work there too?
3: No, she didn't. Okay. okay. Uh-huh.
1: But. I don't know, but then they were just like, this guy was hitting on this girl, and he just pointed over, she pointed over and said something, and I was like, oh, I hope my friend stops doing that because she was pointing at <laughs> you. I was like, that's a scary-looking, heavily-tattooed guy. All bark. And then my friend was like, okay, he got the hint, and then he just moved on. <laughs> you know,
2: like, that's all just, uh, you know, probably just like you guys. You, you guys are probably at least i can say speak for myself i'm very soft on the inside but you know being a soft nice person you get fucking beat on your whole life you know it, so like you create this shell you know so i made all these tattoos and you know you look a certain way you know and like It's interesting hearing people's perspective of me when I was, you know, in reality, that's far from the truth, you know, but it's just, like, what you put out there.
1: I always say, like, if I was, uh, I always ask people, like, huskier guys like myself, if you were, like, a naturally fit, popular dude, do you think you would have still gotten all fucking tattooed? I don't believe, I don't know that I would have. Just because my, I mean, that's such a big lifestyle change. Could, well, I but well, I, if I was like Mr. Buff, handsome guy, I don't know. You, yeah, everything would be different. You don't think, know. Uh, yeah, man. Any, not anybody guys we handsome.
2: saw with tattoos as see. a kid growing up on TV, music—it's always been like to me, always been like the people in the outskirts. It's been the people in the bands. It hasn't ever been like a muscle-bound guy. Exactly. That's tats, what, yeah, right? like if you're so down there, It's always been that, like the scrawny guy that looks like he's fucking done heroin.
1: Phil well. Yeah, like, you know, tattoos, yeah. Like, You see like a
2: certain side, you don't really see like the big muscular side with the chest piece, and those motherfuckers didn't start like glomming onto the scene until like, I, I started getting tattooed to be different, and now... Like to have no tattoos is to be different. Yeah,
1: it's like when you see a tattooer is just like a handsome fucking. I'm like,
2: man, wait. dude. I was just thinking today, like I was driving around my neighborhood, and it was just like sleeve, neck tattoo, sleeve. There's three tattoo artists that live in my neighborhood alone. Like that blows me fucking <laughs> away. Like anybody who's like, well, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo, but I don't know. Like, dude, don't. Just be unique. Be have Nowadays, bare fucking right. skin. Don't get. Or you know what? Just tattoo your face. Don't tattoo anything <laughs> else on your body. Just tattoo your face. You don't tattoo your one. hands.
1: Now there's people that that's the move. basically exactly. I uh, I was you only to <coughs> used to people looking at me because <coughs> I'm so tall. So like when I started getting visible tattoos, I didn't. I just been used to getting looked at strange my whole life. i it.
2: But like you could only tell like fucking. Like I would be able to tell you're a tattoo artist and you're a tattooist by the, your tattoos. But like looking at LT's tattoos, you can't do that anymore. anymore. Like I tell like nobody, I, no tattoo artist is ever gonna tattoo a face. Back then, somebody would walk in and say, "I want your hands done." I say, "Fuck no, no, you're not getting it done."
0: You got to pay your dues. Yeah, like, you I didn't get, get my hands done until I was three years in. And now, when hey, did you get them knuckles hey, done? my Yeah, knuckle, uh, I got my knuckles done right after me and Tim Milligan got in a fight. Uh, I was about five years into the game. Because I <laughs> heard
1: about those yeah, yeah, when I, I was. I my
0: picture right out in front of me. Real young. Yeah. I
1: haven't seen those, those around, yeah, because yeah. from your sister. No, no, I, I,
0: <laughs> I'm going to tell you, like, tattooing saved my life, like, for real, because, like, I had, I had to change what I was doing already and, like, I was, same thing. I wanted to do shit to keep people away from me. Yeah. Fucked up thing is, is later on in life when I'm going through counseling, he's like, oh yeah, you, you, you put fuck you too on your knuckles and tattoo your face so people stay away from you, right? They're not going to be attracted to come talk to you. And that's exactly what it is, you know? Like, as soon as I got my face tattoo, I've had people beat on the side of the bus and go, fucking shit. Oh, they love from it. From the outside yeah, of the yeah. bus, like... They're so excited about my face tattoo, and I know, like, at first, and sometimes it still bothers me. But like, I had to learn to accept that. Like, I put a fucking big pot leaf on the side of my fucking face, that gets people excited, especially like fucking twelve years ago when I put (laughs) it on there. You know, like
2: for me, it was uh, a way to keep people (coughs) away from me. But yet, like, it gave a reason for people who were brave enough to come to talk to me they give them something to talk to me about instead of me going hey how you doing my name is Sean you know they were like hey man who does your work they're already initiating the conversation and like to an introvert I'll you know like I just kind of like receive it and just try to like you know bounce it right back at you so I don't have to answer too much shit but like you know it does keep a lot of people away but also give a lot of people uh, a reason to talk to me and also like if you're a tattoo artist like that's the first thing. Oh, wow. Do you tattoo? Well, as a matter of fact, I do. Here's my business <laughs> yeah, card. Yeah. Here's my Instagram. You know, it's like that was always the segue. Oh, you're into the club, too? Here's my business card. I do do this shit, too, you know. So it would be like me wearing this Captain Mogreen now, and people thought, oh, cannabis. Okay, uh, I'm right on, man. <laughs> you know, or whatever the fuck they do now. And no, you're no. be like, oh, as a matter of fact, I can help you out. Here's my card. Or yeah. here's a fucking pre roll. I you know, like vote no, or, you know, I can somehow introduce it and swing it into the marketing of me. And that's kind of like another similarity with the cannabis a, and the, the tattoo. Because yeah. you are marketing yourself. You are self employed You are pushing your art.
0: Like, you are the product. Like it. You. Yeah. You like,
2: know, and I'm sure your plants, you feel artistic with that as well. Like your product, like you're probably getting the same dopamine kick that you are when you do a tattoo. You know, like it's like you feel artistic, you feel like you're doing something. You know, it's I think that's a a nice similarity too. It's like a lot of artists are making that. That it's a tough fucking industry, dude. You like you, you guys beat your body up. Like fucking no insurance plans. Like nobody gives a fuck about you when you don't feel good. Oh, I know. You know, like (laughs) like it's a very unforgiving trade. And how many motherfuckers you know? Your friends have died in ten
3: years. Yeah, yeah. I and it's seen.
2: not just car accidents; it's health. You don't take care of yourself. You're smoking. You're fucking doing drugs. You're you're drinking. You're staying out all night. You're not fucking going to the gym. You're not eating fucking protein. You're know, like you're not doing all this shit, and like your life is short. And like nobody gives a fuck when you die either, dude. <laughs> and they get a tattoo about you, and that's probably about it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's a very not, that's unforgiving niceable. trade. That's, you know, a very, that's unforgiving very nice
0: of them. Trade. <laughs>
1: The um, what I, I really liked when I discovered that you were in the cannabis world was I felt the tattoo influence on how you like I'll, you got the best shirt. I don't know that any I'm not I don't claim to be an expert, but I I've never seen anybody else just walking down the street random with any other cannabis shirts on besides yours, and I'm like oh hey you know. You, I got scared away from doing an Emo's rip-off sticker because of your Emo <laughs> shirt. Because I've
2: got the, the hook on the, the rip. Yeah, I was, and I was
1: like, I was like, man. Well, I, uh,
2: that goes back to kind of like the tattooing thing, too. Like, there was a lot of things that I didn't achieve in tattooing. You know, and one was like, it sounds stupid, but like, that self... Back then, you weren't self-promoting yourself. It wasn't tattoos by Matt. You were... Um, tattooing at Trader Bob's, Come to Trader Bob's, So like, you weren't, like, doing all of that, where people are contacting you, and you're making yeah. your appointments, and you're doing all that, and that was all different, no. so, like, I, I didn't have business cards, I wanted fucking business cards, man, you know what, fuck everybody, here's my fucking card, I'm not so scared, good, you, want to con- you want some good cannabis, contact me, like, I'm not scared.
0: So, so. let me, let me rein it back in and take you back a little bit, so, when, when did you get into cultivating?
2: 2019, when pretty much everybody else did, um, I mean, truth be known, I've, like...
0: I mean, did you have history with, like, growing cannabis, like... I tried, uh, uh, I tried a couple uh, of uh, times. Prior <laughs> <laughs> to... to the, uh, I, I had an interest in it, but, allegedly. like,
3: I...
2: The first time, a cat ate the plant, so <laughs> that was like, well, I fucking knew <laughs> mm-hmm. that, so, you know, and you can't find seeds everywhere genetics were really hard to yeah. find Back yeah. yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. the second time was um, I did have a light a HPS light and did everything and I did get some buds off it but it was like bullshit you know it was just light, like total bullshit. Night. but did it get you high yeah but like I, all, I also knew right then and there like I don't want to do this unless I can do it right yeah like just growing something a bullshit fucking light like that's not going to be like there's something in my head that I have to do if I like it I have to I have to go 100%. 1,000%. And tattooing was the same way, and fucking the gym was the same way, and fucking smoking was the same way. I went from doing a baddie to buying a bong in the same week. Like, it's just something of my fucking brain. I don't know. Like, I, if I would get into bicycling, I'd have the fucking hat and the shorts and the fucking clip-in shoes. I'd have it all within a week. It's just, just fucking how my brain is. So I, I knew then I, I wanted to do it. I just didn't think... I could ever do it and pull it off, but you know, like I've always had a, a hustle, a weed hustle, you know, when you're a pothead, the only way to get it cheaper is to sell it yourself, have it around in bigger amounts, and <clears throat> and that was another way for me to feel cool, you know, people come to find you for different things, you know, <laughs> so I it kind of started that way, so it was just a natural progression of, I need to cut out the middleman, and uh 2019 happened, I became a patient, and I started growing for myself, and And it was really my wife who was like, why don't you, do you think you can do this and do it well enough when we cut out the middleman? And I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, I believe in you. Let's invest all this money, and then it, we just kind of went full force in, into that,
0: you know, and I... And so this kind of, was during the pandemic, or right yeah, before... Yeah, right before the
2: pandemic, so the pandemic was really kind of what opened it up, because... I had nothing else to do. I got laid off from the pageant. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of sitting around and I was fucking scared to death. I wasn't going to be able to grow anymore. I was scared to death. I can't find nutrients. Like, I didn't know what was going on in the beginning. So I started an Instagram page just so I could, like, meet people. See what they're doing. Right. I needed information. I couldn't find out Which how to grow weird, weed right? on Channel
0: Five. You know, like it's weird, but it, yeah, but like that's what, for people. And like also, us. people
2: don't trust you R-H. unless you are you know, it's like if you're shit. a regular. Like you, people don't trust you unless you're somehow got a weed page. So that was something I created, like a weed page that had a name. And Captain Mogren was a dumb name that I picked up because you know I was in the liquor business, and I'm looking at a bottle of Captain Mogren or. Uh, uh, Morgan and I thought I need a stupid name like that. Like, that's I, don't know, so, I Captain, always wondered where that like was from. Like Captain Morgan, or like how about Captain Mogreen? And I went to Kelly to design it because she was doing the ripoffs. She did the business card that looked like the Sriracha labels yeah, and all that. She I kills was like, it, yeah. dude. I love that. I'm like, that's what I want. So, kind of goes back into skateboarding shit that I always was into as a kid, like the imaging, uh, the graphics. I like the way shirts look. So that kind of. Tied into the t-shirts, you know, doing the different rips of the shirts. I always wanted a rip. And I wanted to somehow tie my name into cannabis. Nobody knows who Captain uh, Mo Green is, but like if I somehow tie it to Zig Zag, people see that, they're like, so that's
0: cool. And man, yeah.
2: these, those shirts flew off the fucking shelf like they sold so fast. I, it was some like, of the you first... Know, a, were the next one,
0: you were one of the first ones i seen like publicly, and I don't even know where I've seen it, and like I wasn't even really that involved. Actually, I wasn't involved at all. I I just, saw, but I, like I started following people and like mm-hmm. I started, I saw your fucking like an event, right? It's kind of during the pandemic or something. Yeah, was. It's hard for me I to remember, mean, but yeah. like I was like, I was like, man, these fools are out here really doing shit. And Dude, I was like, I was don't care. Do well, they? like, because I was like thinking to myself, I was like, do I want to really even look like yeah. this? And then yeah. like, Yeah, it was, Uh, and then I started realizing that like, this is the time to really start making moves because, again, like one and especially now, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but the you know with the laws the way they are and like, (laughs) you know, and like we finally got an opportunity, and I I wanted to ask you, do you have any charges for cannabis? No. Yeah, I have a knock on
2: wood. I've never been arrested once. Awesome, congratulations. Ironically, <laughs> ironically, everyone... I cannot say something that. something everybody uh, asks me. That's the first thing they ask me all the time. I meet somebody on the street, and they're always like... It just happened two weeks ago. Do I not? You've been in jail. And I mean, I was four hours away from here. I'm like, no, dude.
1: <laughs> I think I just look like it. And <laughs> not I just
2: me. think, oh, mission accomplished. i made make myself look like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Without having... <laughs> the, yeah.
2: yeah, you know, like, so it was... Uh, the shirts, I all I did... Like, I didn't want to be sued, you know, so the shirts I did, all very small, limited runs, and I kind of compared it to, like, graffiti or, like, street art. It's like, you don't want to get caught, so it's quick. So I did quick runs, 50 shirts, and they would be gone. I didn't have any more. They can't sue me. They're already out there. Yeah. can't do nothing about it. can't do nothing about it. So I was very successful in all of them. I did, like, six or seven shirts all in a year, all identical rips, but Emo's was the biggest... Success! I did um, a bunch of them. I sold like 150 of them, and I mean, they were selling like hot tickets. They were red And they were like, so I released them on uh, 314 Day, so March 14th, and um, they were so successful. Uh, Emo's lawyer, corporate lawyer, contacted my wife on Facebook Messenger and said, we're trying to get a hold of Captain uh, Mulgreen." She's like, what's this i pertaining? Well, the, the account, the Emo shirts were asking him to stop. And my wife's looking at me, she's like, you fucking got in trouble. I'm like, babe, like, he's never contacted me. I swear, I would brag <laughs> about that. I would brag and be like, oh, my God, babe, yeah, it fucking worked. Awesome. So he might the reason why I though. got caught with that is I think um, I stepped outside that formula. And instead of just doing 50, I did 150. Because Ooh. they were so popular, I got greedy. And I tried to go dip again. But <laughs> well, that was the only one that ever, like, they ever fucking threw a bag or nothing
1: like that. They're so. a cool shirt.
2: I went so hard on ripped shirts in a year that now if somebody else in this city tries to do a ripped shirt, they're ripping me off.
1: Yeah, no, there's like um, like a graffiti crew or something that did a version of that emo shirt in similar colors, and I mm-hmm. see the sticker around all the time. And so, you know, well done sticker and all that, but I, I, I always think it's like one of your stickers. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, no, yeah, it's not.
2: I but, wanted that shit to look like a pizza box. <laughs> that <be> the only <laughs> rip I've ever done is and You know, I tried to do all that. Like uh,
1: yeah. I mm. did LTW. I wanted to do like a uh, Hot Stuff Devil emo, like holding something. Oh, yeah. But I was like, oh, I don't get no letters. From I think they
2: are probably very used to people of ripping them off because I'm not the only one who've done it. But I think what happened was I did too many shirts and people were tagging them in
1: it uh, they said that
2: they were getting negative social media feedback from it. Yeah. yeah even yeah. though the majority of their employees are probably users oh like at the there of have sold, yeah, up there, yeah. or you're eating that while you're high yeah. you know like no one wants to it it was a very gray area LT you know like it, I almost compared it to like a run like you run as fast as you can until you got caught
1: you know, yeah, like that's yeah. how
2: the past couple of years have been. Like you're just like, I'm going to throw as fast as I can because when they lock this motherfucker down, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be at this level, and you guys are down here trying to figure out your stickers. Okay. And I'm already fucking up here, like already networking, like I'm already like doing whatever, you know. So that's kind of how I look at it. Like a lot of it was timing. It's the pandemic was going on there wasn't many cops out. Cops don't give a fuck about weed during a pandemic and also the city cops here are very, at the time, were very like, uh, de- I don't want to say demoralized, but you know, like after all the riots and everything like that, the cops were are chill. just like very hands off and like after shootings and that they're like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, you guys do whatever you want. So it's like, Nobody's going to fucking stop us if we have a pot party. Do, 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 I'm, I'm
0: going to repeat this. Yeah, and and like, I, already, I already said this before. I wish I would have did way more dirt during the motherfucking pandemic. <laughs> I know there's people out there getting hella dirty. And I feel like I missed my chance. And I should have went and got real dirty during that thing. Awesome. Even if it would have been white <coughs> collar shit, I would have <laughs> got that shit hella dirty because... I just did not steal enough during the fucking pandemic. That could be edited. People by. had,
2: people had a surplus of money. They're all getting these fucking extra unemployment checks and shit like that. And you got nothing to do. So like, I went to work on the phone. You want to, you know, like I got. You need to get high. You want like whatever the fuck it was. Like, hey man, I got this and this. And I was just making deliveries. The streets were empty. I was just dropping, and nobody wanted to see me. Nobody wants to see you. So I'm just like. Hanging the bed, you know, <laughs> ding dong, fucking leaving, you know, or like they come to my house and put the money in the slot. Like I didn't really see nobody. Like it was just different. I was just provi- providing a service. I felt at the time that well, kind of snowballed into all the, the
0: dispensaries in in all the legal states had lines around the the building. That you know that was kind of our problem. And I'm gonna I'm gonna lead into this with with the Amendment Three shit. Is that like you know our. Uh, our legalization passed in 2018. We still didn't really have anything up and moving until 2019. We were still paying our fees and doing all of our things. And now here we are. The The shit's just been open now. Really, really. Like, if we're really honest about it, two years. And they're ready to, like, change the laws all of a sudden. And so that that's kind of what I wanted to, you know, and I'm probably already have know your opinion a little bit but like you know wh- why why would why would anybody unless they have some kind of ulterior motive be in a hurry to change a law that's only really been good and active to the people for two years whereas like you know, like we didn't—we didn't even get we to wear what we got yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I ain't even got to wear it yet, and you all are trying to change it. I'm not even gonna know what. You know what I mean? What to well, wear next no, year no, you're right, you're right. because you're you're trying to change it. You're right. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know. And so that's what, like, I wanted to ask what you thought about like the Amendment Three, the yeah. commercial side of cannabis, and what it looks like for our culture the legacy culture that's been here that's you know like again me personally i i i i do have a criminal charge for marijuana and when 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 this went legal i i did the things to protect myself and i got my i got my medical license and then like when the pandemic happened i did the things that to take care of myself during the pandemic when everything else was gone now Now they want to, like, come back and start changing things. And, like, they didn't even have anything to provide for me at the time. You guys didn't
2: even fucking follow through with the first fucking thing. I'm going to
0: follow through with the second thing. Right. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of hear, like, what your opinion is on about. Like, I just the, I don't know, current.
2: I would love,
0: in my perfect world,
2: I think of it as uh, something you're producing, like a craft. You're making a quilt. You're performing a service, you know, like you are, you should be able to control if you can sell it. Like, So if I am a tomato farmer, I can go to Lord Market and set up. As long as I'm paying my fee and selling my tomato, I can do whatever the fuck I want and I settle the taxes later. Like I don't see why that can't happen with cannabis. Now I do get, you need a dispensary, it has to be controlled and shit like that. There is a craft market out there. I think there should be some kind of shelf for craft cannabis. I don't think they're going to give it to us. I, I don't really know. Um, it's kind of like they they let us go side to side in this fucking weird bubble. They don't ever let us get higher. Right. You know, like, you can... I I think they're going to... Like, I I came from the liquor business, so it's very similar, I think, in the way they're drafting all this shit. It's, it sounds a lot like beer and liquor. Like, You can grow or you can brew your own beer at home, but you can't sell your beer at Schnucks. It's only the big shots that can sell their beer at the (coughs) grocery stores. Anheuser-Busch, Miller, whatever, license, whatever, all of that bullshit money is right there, you're not allowed to Get involved in that. But you can go ahead and make it yourself. You can get drunk on your own. You can give to your friends. Like, just like they're allowing us. We can grow our own. We can get high with our buddies. We can give it out. Of, but, like, you, they'll never allow us to be part of this group. But also, I know, too, that, like... I believe... I, I'm. Things are, you know, like... I know the farmer don't make money. The farmer doesn't make money. It's the fucking store. So, I know in order for... Matt here to sell his ounces to the fucking dispensary, it's gonna be fucking 80 bucks an ounce or some shit like that. So while they beef it up to 350 or 400 or some shit. So I just don't know. I don't know where the fuck I feel. I feel like I'm okay right now of being black market, gray market, whatever the fuck it is. Legacy. Legacy market. Like it's, I don't know what to say. I don't want to. You know, I would love to have my own storefront. You know, it's like a tattoo shop. Right? Yeah, I, I want to have it like a bakery. I got my products out, edibles that are fresh made by my wife. This is made, you know, like all in-house. We grow it here. And when those shelves are empty, what's the donut shop do? They close the fucking sign. That'd They'd be for awesome. the day. That's <laughs> what I want, man. I want to live above it. You know, like the old school, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the street. You know how it used to be in here. And Everybody lived above their businesses, and you know, like that's this kind sure. of you know like, this, how I would love to have it happen where you just go downstairs and that's my shop. But I don't see that happening, man.
0: So they um, like to keep the poor poor, of yeah. course. And
2: like I said, I don't think I'm ever even if they. So I, it seems like they they're going to try to like throw us a few bones. Yeah. Like yeah. caregivers. Like, oh, here's a few more patients. Shut yeah. up. You know. Here's a little of this. Here's some micro-business license. you guys shut up over there, too? But, like, I don't think I've got any of the equity. If they were to hand me a business license right at this point point, say, here you go, here's a micro-license, do you want it? I don't know if I would be in the position to take it. Well, well I, would I, don't I, don't, I don't know where that leaves me, right? You know, like, I'm yeah. in such a weird area, you know, I don't know. Uh, right now I'm just kind of in hopes of, like, I mean, it's going to get voted in. If it doesn't get voted in this year, it's going to in two years. I think in the big grand scheme of things, like, if you really look at it, like, dude, Missouri's about ready to be fucking wreck. Like, this is something, like, we've all potheads have, like, dreamed about. Like, you can, like, you know, not be prosecuted for it and shit like that. But um, it doesn't really allow us little guys much of a table, you know, and I think there's a lot of people out there who want stuff from the little guys, who can like give it the care that they deserve. It's not all ran through machines. It's like treated with love and respect. And uh, St. Louis is an old school city. I don't see somebody from the south side going to the dispensary and paying 50 and eighth plus taxes when they can go to Homeboy. No. They've got it from Homeboy this whole time and Homeboy relies on you. You know, for 10
0: years of uh, has, like, paid his bills by, you know, you buying weed off of him. Well, I think we can all agree that, like, the war on drugs (laughs) was won by the war on drugs. Yeah. You know, and, like, I don't know what, I don't know, hmm. I agree with you that they don't want us to have anything, but I think it's, like, so first they got to have Anheuser-Busch and Coors and all these people built before you can have, they'll, Give a Schlafly or a, a, a forehands, and I think that's what like that's fucking democracy and <laughs> capitalism, right? I mean, like if there is anything like I, if
2: there is a business like forehands. That it is started out as an idea that wasn't a b or anything that did grow into what it is now, and it does show you that the city want something craft they're paying nine dollars a can for this beer you know <laughs> no, I, you know it's fucking crazy well, so it's like people will buy craft cannabis it's just
0: i think i mean i think how? the future in any way is like like these these corporate companies are going to have to bring in legacy people because mm-hmm. they I don't fully, like you've got to have the ca- cannabis community just like you have to have the tattoo community supporting you or you don't have anything yeah. like yeah, yeah. you know so I think it's going to be very similar to that, and at some point they're going to have to, have, like you know, you know, suck up their pride and you know bring on a bunch of people, and they're already doing it. They already know that their shit's trash, you know. Um, but I like I just don't like all the like hidden laws like that are hidden into it. you, you know and, the laws that
2: got added after they got all the petitions signed. Then there's a bunch of laws added. Like how do you do that? What about all the no not one. No the original orders. thing, and then all of a sudden you guys
0: had, like they didn't sign the add-on shit. How does that work? <laughs> if you don't like, if you have a license to grow, they can come in your house without a warrant. They don't even, they don't have to do anything, and like that's that's crazy that we give up our right to have something. And I know we give up rights all the time for like stuff, but like this is something I'm just not very flexible with. Again, like being a convicted felon and already having my life. I fucked for like twenty seven years over a quarter pound of weed, <laughs> that I went to prison over. You know what I mean? Like, it's already it's already pay, like the debt's paid, but like I'm still paying for it. You know, and that that's just I don't know, man. I'm not very stoked on. The, I'm 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 all for the legacy market, but I want us to be a part of the the future of cannabis and just like just again like the tattoo community if you don't keep your tattooers in there like how are you gonna have yeah. a tattoo community I think it
2: would be the same of like having an owner of your tattoo shop not tattoo like Tamara like I'm so, I don't mean to throw anybody in the bus but it was a very difficult part of working for her because she was business oriented she was not a tattoo artist so like you don't know how to handle pretentious fucking crybaby artists who fucking this guy fucking had a bad night and this guy fucking got drunk and you know it's like you gotta juggle all that bullshit but like um they just didn't fucking happen you know so
0: i uh, have worked for two people that were not artists. you
2: know it's like they don't understand that part so i think the same thing with uh you know canvas if you got a business owner or something that isn't in it or their only introduction is a vape you know, like, like I I'd say it all the time, but like, I got resin in my lungs older than the social media influencer for cannabis. You know, like, I, you can't deny any of the experience that, like, us old guys have had. And these guys have to, I think at the very beginning, they all hired cronies. Friends of friends, family members, guys who talk good games. People who made the transition from the liquor industry to the cannabis industry, sales reps, shit like that, and I think now they're f- realizing they made a mistake, and they're slowly revamping those things. And I hope they reach out to some art or some of us, you know, and look for consultants or whatever. I the issue I would have is like they they're not going to pay me what I they're not going to pay me what it's gonna take to get me to like take my brain off my own garden yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. in order to like take care of all this garden or even be a consultant like it's gonna take time away from all this other shit i got going on so i don't see them paying people what they us old guys what we deserve i think they're going to do the fake it till you make it they're going to bring people in from the ground up and train them the way they want to train so even if you might be a legacy grower they're going to bring you in and probably train you the, I'm gonna say sweat because it's right here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That their way. Yeah. The way they grow. You're gonna wear a hairnet. You're gonna wear your booties. You're gonna fucking spray sure. your fucking balls down. You're gonna do all this bullshit. Sure. You know, and you know you're gonna have to go through all this kind of stuff. And I don't know, man. Similar to tattooing. I don't want to wear a uniform. I don't wear a fucking booty. I don't to wear what a fuck I want to wear. Yeah. I want to live life on my own terms. I want to still be able to pay bills. I want people to leave me to fuck alone. But I still want to contribute to society. I don't want to be, like, not paying taxes and shit. I want to do all that. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I just want to do it on my own. I don't want to work a regular job. I don't want to work for corporate. Like So tattooing was another way I kind of did no. that. And then the cannabis is, like, another way I kind of get that same, you know, that like, same rush and hit from all of it. 1,000%.
0: You know? Like, uh, well, when you were saying earlier about, like, you think that uh, you're going to, you know, well, one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is all the similarities between tattooing and cannabis industry, and I think um, you're gonna see people that have like artistic passions, or you know, like people I found with hash is like it's really close to cooking. There's a lot of like cooking aspects to it, I can see that. and so like I, I'm a great cook too, kind of like,
2: sore in a way. Yeah, yeah right. and,
0: well, and, and just like there's a lot of science that's kind of like cooking, where like temperatures have to be at a certain way, and I mean, just, I don't know, it's real similar, and, but what I found for me is, is after 20 years of tattooing, that back pain, and just all the things that I've went through over the last couple years, that what this has made for me, it's like the same challenge, and uh, the same kind of excitement that I was having early in tattooing, Mm -hmm. like, I have the same humility, like when you fucking get done and you ruin everything and you're like, holy fuck, it's ruined fucking four months worth of work all in one fucking thing. It's a lot like when you fucking think you're going to do this yeah. badass tattoo and the fucking line goes, you know. and Dude, I've,
2: I've cried over both. Growing and tattooing, fucking up both. like, And I think for you to fall in love with something so much that that brings out an emotion, you know, like when you fail, like, that's that's kind of what, like, uh, man, it's the chase of that unicorn. The perfection for me. It's like that perfect tattoo, you know, perfect color, like everything turned out amazing. It healed up perfectly. It was like a unicorn. It was just so hard to fucking get. People are moving around. They fucking, <laughs> I went and swam with it. And the fucking, well, like, dude, what? All the color came out of it, man. <laughs> I remember so many times, my wife in particular, you know, she was smoking hot back then. You know, we were just dating. She gets this big old fucking thing on her side. Fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm lining this thing. She still has this tattoo and, um, you know, it hurts, you know? It's the fucking rib tattoo. And I'm like, okay, okay, hold still. And like, she goes, lifts her arm up like that, which stretches it out even more and then takes her sand and goes, Oh baby, that hurts, and like it stretches even more. So like my my needles are still here, but the skin just the paper just moved this way. I like, I just destroyed this beautiful girl's fucking you know porcelain skin. You know she's nineteen <laughs> or twenty or whatever. I was like oh my god, and now I have to look at it my whole entire life. Like I don't even tattoo. I
0: can't even like fix it.
1: That's why I won't I won't tattoo my, girl, my girlfriend. or Anybody any she won't get it. it fixed either. She's like doubt. no, it hurts too bad. I too stressful. I don't.
0: I don't tattoo significant others anymore. That, yeah, I haven't. No, yeah, I have since. I think too. Like a tattooed Lauren. There's
2: obviously. something else that popped in my head the other day. Like I took some notes on like similarities, but like you got to weed out fucking the people that just want shit from you. Same with Canvas. Like there's a certain amount of people that want to be your friend because you tattoo, and before you know it, he brings up your idea.
1: You know, like okay, yeah, yeah.
2: sometimes it's within the day. You know, like whoa. So, like, it's just a lot of weird fucking people out there. And that was always something like girls. It was always, uh, I could tell, like, if tattoos got brought up real early in the beginning, like, mm, mm-hmm. she's looking for the cheap tattoos. Yeah, she's going to show some nipples. And, like, it's probably going to work. And that's what pisses me yeah, off. It works every damn time. Undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Undefeated. But, you know, like, you got to weed out the fucking those girls that, like, I don't know. A lot of bullshitters, too. A lot of dreamers. A lot of people come in, hey, man, how much would it cost for this? I got this one idea, and I want to get this back. I'll be back on payday on Friday. No, yeah. So, like, you're supposed to go back in, and you're like, let me draw up this. I got this guy coming in. No, you got to weed out, like, fuck that crackhead. He ain't coming in ever. He's never going to do it. Same thing with cannabis. A lot of, a lot of shit talkers. Out Deposits. There. A lot of people who fucking... Uh, know how to fucking grow a lot of people who know how to fucking do everything
0: oh there's a lot of mids, yeah. sure there's a lot of mids. uh what's your favorite strain to um uh, intake or grow or I both or?
3: W- you know a lot of
2: uh stuff recently i'm kind of more into the offensive smells and shit like that so mm-hmm. um garlic butter recently has been a, a good favorite you know that uh it, it kind of shocked me you can get even like buttery turps it really just smells like cooking like baking it's just <laughs> fucking weird that so should you know uh it's the real funky funks i uh i'm in the gmos for sure i like the feats and you know like all of those yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. offensive ones and like you know i'm really getting into hash i really like Dabs, and you know, I grow flower, and like I'm trying to grow the perfect flower. Even though I don't really smoke a lot of it, I don't smoke a lot of flower. I do a lot of dabs. Um, uh, I do figure though, like the more perfect I can try to get the flower, that even if, like, all my customers are flower based, I don't have anybody who looks for hash ever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if it ever changes, at least I know that my f- product is going to be as best as I can and that way it should become a better end product for hash or a vape pen or something like that. So I do smoke when I get done with the strains and curing them and that, I'll try each one of them. And that's how I kind of label an indica or a hybrid. It's kind of like how that affects me. You know, some of them that might come from a breeder a certain way, but for me, I kind of think it. You know, it's more of a hybrid. I kind of feel it both ways. Yeah. So, but I, I like
0: joints and, you know. Hard to find any like pure sativas or Pure Indicates or anything like that anymore. I what
2: do. If, I'm sorry. There is one that I tried recently. Last year I grew Freak Show.
0: And, and that's yeah, supposed
2: yeah. to be a 90% sativa. And I do, I realized then I do not like <laughs> heavy sativas. Like, I just, Made you dude, I wanted to rip my skin <laughs> off. I was like anxiety filled and like, it felt like I would smoked a blunt. I was just like oh all racy and nauseous and like I was at that roller skating rink and people are skating around like they're <laughs> we like I think I gotta throw up in this place and let's fuck this weed it's cool to grow but like it's too racy I don't think anyone you know anybody who says they want a full sativa doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about I'm going be
0: honest sativas <laughs> <laughs> don't really get me anywhere but I, I actually I, I tried That's one a couple good. years ago after I've been smoking heavy uh, indicas all day and. It brought me back around. I guess is a better way. To I can't think,
1: do them. I can't do it. I got. I got. Indica, I got some indica, indica only or indica heavy yeah. hybrids. What? Well, well,
0: that's what I want to know. Is what
1: was your favorite strain? Oh, I, I actually and my uh, brick dirt weed from Columbia, Missouri, <laughs> smelled like gasoline. Lt. I got a feeling you know what I'm talking about, baby. Dude, I think <laughs> I've gotten some of that. I've, I've heard of it. Quarter pounds the size of VHS tapes. No, um, <laughs> I've heard of my. It. He I, didn't even know what brickweed was. Um, bro. That's so funny. Literally a quarter pounds dude. this big. Looks well, like I got to go to the gas station ash in Ashland. I've heard but of it. My, I've heard um, of it. I think my favorites are sweet tooth, which I can only find in Boston when I go out there at the dispensaries, and then um, it used to be gorilla glue for a long time. I, I like that, but I think this uh, one stuff called Tahiti lime. I like that a lot because it actually tastes like a lime mm-hmm. and it gets me high but like same with sweet tooth they're like heavy more on the indica side and
2: Dude, that, that shit just triggered a whole kind of crazy shit for me with growing was like realizing like they really do taste and smell like different things like fruit like grape or you know whatever fuck it yeah. is that I was just like oh that's even cooler <laughs> so some <laughs> of
0: you did really really get the expression especially yeah, with hatchets
2: yeah, that's crazy. my. Uh, that's, uh, that's why I like it so much. Like you, you pass all of that combustion shit. it's just like it's just a pure caviar. You know? Yeah, it really is. It's like the best of the best.
1: My mom and food. dad are like big time smokers. I I'm going to get back into it more for some with some anxiety and back pain stuff in mind. But um, I love to like get my dad's reviews, and uh, for some reason he refuses to call Tahiti Lime. To he he calls it Tahitian lime, and he really gets a kick out of the names and the, the smell, the bad. So you Boy, know, really. and he's an old school dude. So I he'll be like, "We really <laughs> like that uh, Tahitian lime." There. He says it like, and I'm like, "That is Tahiti." He goes. Tahiti is Tahitian, so that's uh, probably I, just an old man. I, uh, I never pronounced it. Like and my bud who grew, it, he's like, no, nah, it's called Tahiti lime. He goes, nope, nope, nope. That's no. ta- Tahitian lime. I love it. Uh, we got we got to
0: get him to like do a review. Like we need to oh, everybody it. that comes on needs to start bringing something, and then we'll send it to your dad and get a review recorded, and then we'll it. just implement it in the middle of like, <laughs> you know Matt's, Matt's pot, dad's review pot with competition, Pat. Competition lets just set him up as a judge.
1: Yeah, he would well, be, and
2: he can just like try each strain and like judge it. But I think that would be like a total like person from outside the community. He'd have to
1: like clear his palate with a cigarette. So when I was growing up, clear with a cigarette. When I was growing up, so I, I started smoking weed with my dad when, when I was a teenager. Very you know. cool. And um, he'd always be like, you want some hash? So I'm like, yeah. And we were just smoking. He would take resin and roll it in cigarette hashes. So well into my teen years, I'm like smoking hash. <laughs> well into it's. Resin, just and he always said, yeah, "This is what you got to do. You got to take the cigarette ash and he'd roll it around in that, and he would just be smoking the shit out of that. And really, it has nothing to do with ash <laughs> at all. Yeah, it's just cheap I weed, and, a fuck ton of resin. <laughs> yeah, sucks, so I, I get it. I think that was his way of like Dude, feeling fancy. Like still to this day, carpet bolts. as much as
2: I know people with weed that I could just be like, hey, man, can I get high? You got a hit? What? You got a bait pen in your pocket?' I still remember what it's like to not. It, or when it's dry. Oh, When terrible. it's so dry, the you know back in the early two thousands, it was so it was dry, like smoking. Like you, I cleaned all my pipes out. I smoked all of that red. I still remember what it's like to not have it. That I still any bullshit weed that somebody gives me and I'm like, oh, this tastes like shit, i throw in the freezer. You
1: yeah. never know,
2: bro. Like, you never know. The yeah. zombies might come tomorrow and guess who's got weed? I, smoked I do. a uh, banana peel in 2000. <laughs> i save all of that shit. <laughs> and if anything, I'm going to save it. I'll fucking break it up, make some cones and give them to, like, people at the corner, you know, street people Hey, man, you want to get high? Here's some joy. Yeah. But, like, you know, I still remember what it's like to not have it. And, the taste of resin, it's not good. I, so I, don't it all. What, I don't
0: remember what year it was, but it was like a fucking summer and it was so fucking bad. And I remember I mean we were like, it's bad. not gonna be like this ever again. And the next year there was nothing but bricks every fucking way. Do you remember
1: the billboards outside of Columbia that said, If yeah. you think it's dry now, wait yeah. till we get yeah, there? That's yeah, there. What, yeah, that's what that's the year I'm D-E-A, talking yeah, about. And, signed the D-E-A, and, D-E-A, yeah. and
0: and I'm gonna tell you, the next year <clears throat> it was flooded.
1: I smoked uh, banana flooded. beans during that time. We, we yeah. Supposedly, if you grew mold on them. No, no, me, no. I know all about that. I got really year. into whippets. <laughs> like, not only did I smoke
2: resin, but I was like private with it. Like, <laughs> Somebody I was around, like, nobody's going to get any of this, dude. Like <laughs> was- This is going to last me all night. Like, I got a hit now and a hit before bed. Like, it was not good. Those so billboards
1: were aggressive. I,
2: uh, I drank, yeah. you know, you started, I started drinking before bed, you know, just to fucking
0: go to sleep. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's... That. But
2: we got, uh, you said diesel earlier, <laughs> yeah. but like right after the dry spot, so it may have been what you guys were talking yeah, about, yeah, right yeah. after the dry time, weed came around, right? And it was like, the guy was like, I got some, but it smells like it diesel fuel, like oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> and it was like... I don't give a fuck. A I'm like, what are you talking about? Like diesel like fuely? You know <laughs> it was like no, dude, like... <laughs> it was brought here like, in a gas can. <laughs> <laughs> Petroleum. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, I don't care, I'll buy it. Like it, doesn't it How like, much how, how much can I get of the fucking diesel fuel? <laughs> when I was <laughs> t- I can I can't get enough of it.
1: When I was a teenager, I was like a nasty weed. <sighs> like I'd be like I would smoke just seeds, yeah, stems, like carpet bowls yeah. and shit yeah. in Columbia. Yeah. Columbia. I was just like, I didn't give a fuck. Oh I was God. like There's got to be something in there. I'm from North County. You all just gonna throw these seeds and stems away? (laughs) (laughs) Brine those. Yeah. What you do with all that? That's called hash. What do you (laughs) do? Yeah, it was wild.
2: I remember getting, uh, buying lead from like street person, and like you know was like, was the hash, whatever the fuck it was. I think it was just ground up bullshit that they just kept smashing in their hand. None of it got you high (laughs) or anything. Fucking little sacks that had rocks in them. You know, it was ooh, like ooh, shaking ooh. weed, but, like, it was all stuffed with fucking little pebbles and rocks for weight. Yeah. And it was like, oh, bro, like, this is <laughs> oh the only oh weed I God. can find. You got to weed out all the rocks, all the stems, like, that's fine,
0: I'll get high. Bro, I fucking bought a bag one time that had a stem like this big in it, and <laughs> the, the guy, I go, <laughs> I well, what about this? He goes, that's for weight, bro. And they like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how they like, used yeah, to I be, know. like. Yeah, I know it's for weight, but I don't want it, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, did you
1: weigh this before <laughs> you put that in there or, per, or after? after? It's for weight. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. The guy used rocking. to uh, sell brickweed in Colombia for. He'd be like, if people say it's too st- st- stemmy or seedy, take it back. There's only time to call customer service and go find another asshole at your high school to sell it to.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: a speaking of rocks and, and bags. This is a, a, a friend of mine who is very clean now, but he was a dope head. And he, got, he bought a bag of, like, a bean or whatever. Uh, he thought it was heroin, and it was a fucking drywall chunk. in yeah, that. yeah. And he tracked the dude down and requested and got his money back. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's not doing that anymore, but I was like, oh, mm. man, that's a... That's <laughs> yeah, a yeah, yeah. He's like, nah, man, this ain't going to fly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I've been on a return before. <laughs> it's, not a good, it's not a good scene <laughs> yeah, <can't> for anybody. <laughs> it's not a good scene. You should, you should not be on a crack return I can, no. tell, I can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can tell you that Like that's a, that's I remember that,
1: getting weed in Columbia that had metal flakes in it that's
2: kind of
0: another similarity <laughs> with like
2: at least old school tattooing I was like what are you going to do like go to a cop and complain that like the guy doing your tattoo did crack or something like there's just no way you could like complain about this weird cusp of
1: like subculture like like, you guys just keep your weird shit to yourself (laughs) in that
2: shop over there you know kind of bullshit yeah but I don't know um, I've smoked a lot of dumb shit but for sure to get high you know like definitely seeds and stems yeah yeah But, you know, I, I, it sounds so fucked up. There is one thing. I really, I've had a dab reclaim before, and it's
0: really not bad. It's it, not the
2: best-tasting thing, and it does its trick and makes you a little sleepy. But it,
0: like, just, it just depends on, like, how quality you've been smoking through there, I think. Once again, I remember what it's like to not have anything.
1: So yeah. yeah. man. Um,
2: you know, I've thought about maybe trying to make some edibles, you know, like some sleepy time edibles, something to help, you know, like, put you sleep, since that's already decard, you know, kind of mix it in a little bit, but see. So.
1: Did did you ever do anything, have you ever had those uh, Mad World edibles? Mad World? Yeah. I thought you guys might have did something together sometimes. or something. Those
2: guys are, uh, like when I got into the whole cannabis thing, like and I started following people on Instagram, uh, I saw them. And, uh, man, everything that she does is so professional. They're like, so good, yeah. And it blew me away. I was like, whoa, there's like a whole subculture of people selling their products. Yeah. This isn't just like, "Hey man, these are my pounds of weed I had shipped in." This is like someone creating a product, and it blew me away that uh, this was already going on. Yeah, you know, under my nose, and I didn't yeah. know it yeah. was going on. There's a few people that were
1: like that. Have you ever had heard of them at LT? Or maybe I have. Top yeah. notch yeah. bake yeah. presentation. I would. I mean, I like sweets.
2: Oh, I think. Yeah. Cake pops, they do all kinds. Cookie. Of I shit. would buy the cookies just, they just without. they a few different
1: events,
0: right? I think I've maybe had it.
1: I don't know if they still call themselves that or did yeah. it change. Okay, yeah. did it? They okay. had a
0: page I think got shut down, so yeah. they
2: changed the page name, but, but it's still real good,
1: great, great stuff. Highly recommend everything yeah.
2: they've made, and they're super sweet. But that was, uh, you know, that's just one one lady, and she, uh, it, it really gave me some inspiration to know like. That's what, just what she did. She didn't have another job. She wasn't a baker. She was living her life, paying her bills, and she was providing this service, making a craft, and it really gave me a lot of hope of, like, that's what I want to do. She's still getting by. She's still paying yeah. her fucking bills. You know, like, and that's what I, I want to do. Like, I want like, I am Talk fuck. to her sometime. Like, I don't... I never wanted to be a drug dealer. I wanted to sell my product, you know, and the only way to let people know like I started doing it and you know when you put in a fucking same bag that you're selling fucking homeboys weed in no one knows whose weed is weed so back in the day the raver days that's how you knew the designer ecstasy pill was like you would get the double stacked igloos or your fucking <laughs> Mercedes and that's what the drug dealer had a stamp so whether or not it was the fucking Mercedes or whatever but like that's how you knew it was coming from a certain so it kind of popped in my head. I'm like, oh, fuck, I can create, like, I can put my own label on a bag and sell it, you know, and hand it out. And people know that's my stuff. And my name is getting out there. And you know, it's more of that self-marketing of, like, my sticker is going on this bag. But yet, wherever this bag goes, people see the sticker. So it could sit on your friend's counter. It could sit in a car. It could get thrown out the streets. Someone's going to see it. And the more these bags go out there, even if they're in the trash can and that label's on there, the more my name gets out there. So... It kind of, like, kept pushing that, like, checked another, like, weird, like, thing of, like, that subculture of the Ravers shit. You know, like, I growing up, not growing up, but coming up at the Red Club, and there was a Ravers shop. So we'd see the flyers there. And the flyer would, all colorful, and all these DJs are going to be there, but you didn't know where it was at. So the day of the flyer, the day of the event, you would call this number. And on the number would be a recording, and the recording would tell you where the, the event hmm. was at. So then you would show up to that event. Most times it was totally illegal they weren't supposed to be there and a lot of times they'd get shut down by the cops but that's how you would go to these underground parties there wouldn't be anything on social media it was like you'd have to call the number on the day of and that's how you got the address so it was kind of like that was another like weird like little dangerous thing i always thought of like i really like putting my name out there and pushing my brand and you know think of it more of a not like a drug, but more of like a business opportunity, more of a marketing thing. It's a business. It's a small business. It's something I'm making, something I'm
0: pushing, something along well, my own. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to where, like, the, like, we just had legalization in 2018. Then 2019, we all started getting some stuff going. And then pandemic happened, we still didn't even have dispensaries. So, like, I'll tell you, in 2018, I had an, uh, a neck surgery from a second neck surgery from a surgery I'd had in 2015 that had left me with um, a 500 milligram a day opiate um, habit that was prescribed to me and like like I was like legitimate I wasn't out buying heroin or, sure. or, or, or getting fentanyl or any of these things but like I was at 500 milligrams a day of opioids which was destroying my life yeah. and uh, like edibles is really the only thing that got me through all of that, and like where I can still today, still like cope with like the pain that I still have sure. from the two surgery that I have and the surgery I haven't had yet, you know. And like, otherwise, I'd still be with opioid, like, be on opioids. And again, like, we didn't have any other options, so like, well, we were all just supposed to set around, we couldn't even go to Illinois, there was no yeah. other option, yeah. you, you know what I mean, and like. The legacy market stepped up and took care of the Absolutely. people when it needed to. Absolutely. And like Again, like this is why like it's super important for people like us.
2: It almost kinda of felt like Robin Hood in the beginning. You know, like they failed us. Yeah, I'm paying my fucking money. I paid twenty five dollars and hundred or whatever the fuck it was. And like, what am I getting out of it? Like no one's getting anything out of it. And when you guys did open it it was bullshit. It's still bullshit. And then you open the market to from out-of-state companies to come in to lower the prices down because you guys still can't get your shit together. Like, the market is still, like, fucking way too high, you know? So they're bringing in all these other brands. Cookies, just for example, and all these other, uh, you know, handshakes on the table from this company. And, you, like, if you really dig, dig deep, most of these companies are all got out-of-state California and and all all these companies are going like, okay, um, let's just say Missouri is the next one to be rec. We've already got people in there setting shit up, getting stuff in plan. We've got lawyers on retainer who are sitting figuring out the loopholes and the laws on how to get these licenses. There was only supposed to be 192 dispensary licenses or whatever, but like, a lot of these fucking, like, look how many fucking dispensaries. Uh, how like, cookies fucking do green light is Greenlight. Greenlight's got a dispensary on every fucking corner. Like, how'd you guys get all those? Like, you guys didn't award all. Like, you bought more. Of them. Where'd all those come from? Poof. Suddenly, there's more licenses. You know, like, I
0: didn't get offered them. Did you get offered them?
2: No one here? Let's talk about all the backdoor fucking shit so,
0: that's coming from California on, from those fucking same yeah, companies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so,
2: these are just like Walmarts of... And I think and if you look at it like food, I think you're um, you're gonna have the people that are wanna grow your own vegetables and because you know it tastes good and it's fucking blah 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 and you got the people who are gonna go to Whole Foods, you got the people that are gonna fucking just buy canned shit at Schnooks. You know, like that's not a real vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real vegetable here. But like I you don't know, man. It's uh it really stinks however many layers you pull open. So it just is kind of like how how mad do you want to be? Because no matter how mad if I get at this layer or the layer real deep inside there, I still don't get what I want. You know, they're still going to get what they want. They got the money. They got all that. So it's like I, I just, I had to move on past that. That's why I don't really post shit about vote yes or vote no because I already moved past that. Like, it's going to happen, guys.
3: Yeah. It's going to happen.
2: I already passed that because I'm trying to run past that point. I'm already ran past that point, you know. Like them voting this in is how they're gonna lock
1: it down a little bit more. Yeah, I uh, I got my damn card right when you could, and then COVID, my card expired before even one place. Absolutely. I could yep. have went and bought shit from. Yep. And I come from a, a like, it's not the best character trait, but I just don't give a fuck about a lot of legal shit. As as I'm gonna be, I was like, I'm being nice to people. I don't care. Besides yeah. that. And my dad, that's where I get that from. You're doing good. Yeah, so it's like, the cards, like, I, my dad got one, and when I'm not able to get it for him, sometimes he'd shoot down to the the Ferguson green light, and they they know him, and he gets his little joints, and he's, you know, feeling good, and that's great. But after his expiry, he's just, the novelty of that wore off. Yeah. And it's like, I think I'd rather just get a, go down to weed from somebody I know is cool, for you know, a fair price and
2: if I uh, if I had to do all over again, just know what I know. I think I would probably just be a personal grower, and I wouldn't even step into the caregiver mm. realm. But I'd still fucking act like a caregiver. You know, like now they w- they know I've got a prior license. They know already. I already have like an established baseline, so I feel like I'm already on the radar. But like mm. if they never knew. I was going to be a grower, they didn't know I was going to be a caregiver, I could probably blow my whole house out, and as long as the neighbors aren't complaining, I'd probably get away with
3: it. Yeah. And now
2: I always have that- People looking. That in the back of my head of, like, they could eventually contact me and want to do an inspection. They could eventually get their shit together and give you an inspection. They could eventually, you know, (coughs) all of that happened during the pandemic, no one probably was an inspector, but, like- People are going to need jobs eventually. They're no, going no, to open that up, and they're going to have to, like, start testing more commercial s- facilities, and they may eventually have it where Joe Blow comes around to fucking the home growers or like the tattoo caregivers. inspections. Or, yeah, yeah, no, 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 they will. No, so it's coming. That's why we got to run as fucking fast as we can before they get their shit together. And hopefully by then, like, we'll be consultants or so we'll be fucking <coughs> growers somewhere or we'll fucking already found a loophole to, like, avoid that shit. But, like, I... You know they're they're eventually going to close that loop. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> to some I think degree. I think they're going to get some kind of inspectors to do shit. Oh, for sure. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I just I think eventually they're going to figure it out.
1: I uh, worked at some girl places in California in two thousand four. Uh, for a summer, and th- that was like, when it was a real, super gray area, it was interesting to see that, back then, where it was like, they could only settle, in these certain clubs, but people were still, getting their doors kicked in, by the feds, heavy.
0: <coughs> That's like, what I was gonna say, Prop 15, back then, was actually really good, for like, and that, they've just, they've had so many years, to fuck everything up, and like, now, they want to go everywhere, and just fuck it up, right away, and like, it's not the cash cow that it used to be that they think it is, and like, I mean, is Oklahoma pretty
2: flooded? Like, it they yeah. open the old home growers and everything. Like you, no,
0: the you there. Like when I was there, they had they had signs on the signs on the dispensary saying we're, we don't no like, more. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> no more. We're not taking. We're not <laughs> taking. You, you have to set up an appointment to like show us your sales. Wow. But like again, they they have an open market and like. The thing is, is that, like, back then in two fifteen, when I lived in California, bro, you could go to the dispensary and they had top of the line things. And like, what you got from Homeboy was, you know, yeah. four star. And then you went to the fucking dispensary and got five star. That doesn't exist here. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be worth it if it's five star when I go down to the dispensary. But, like, they didn't do that. And like now, at least California has so many years. Like now, they have so many people that's all five star, right? And I'm just using the, this number for nothing. But it's like now they have so much that their back door and that every fucking where I'm sure you're getting a ton of tele, yeah. tele uh telegram things and like fucking. Not only are the not only is the commercial side fucking working. I think this is what's strange about this business is that they can work the black market and the fucking white market which is fucking insane to Mm -hmm. me like selling out the back door they're selling it out the fucking Mm -hmm. like you can see the labels like we see (laughs) we see you (laughs) Burner or 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 or, or whoever like uh, West Coast Alchemy and Bobby Trill and blah blah you know and like all these people that are pumping shit and I ain't mad at them like I love that you're all pumping it out but you're also mixed in with the commercial side of things and like that's why you're pumping it out like you know what I'm saying like yeah. There's uh there's too much. Like I said,
2: the onion is, is fucking stinky and it's not just this state. You know, a lot of these states are fucking have already
0: been going through it and we're just kinda of sitting back watching it, you know. I don't I I would rather see things be like a yeah. like I would rather you have a sign on your door and say, Hey, you need an appointment and like then I get I can put up my goods against fucking wookies right and they can put their goods there and then like we can just uh, and then it's fair like i mean i I think (coughs) as cool as we all think we are we're really just
2: now uh getting into all this you know and and our little part is still so insignificant in the big whole grand scheme of it like You know, California's been dealing with this for 20 years. That's what I said. 20 years. You know, like it's uh, crazy, just that we're just now getting into it. But yet, technology is evolving every day. LED lights are getting better. uh, Automation, like every day, something cooler is coming out to just for cannabis. Balloon. Yeah. Like a balloon gang. That's right, bro. Balloon team. That's right. Team balloon.
1: Just all. I don't know what that is.
0: We're gonna my get life. you in the. We're number no, Well, <laughs> yes, that <too>. that, well. <laughs> That's a whole other game. Right? <laughs> Allegedly,
1: uh, no, we're gonna get you in the balloon team, bro. <clears throat> I'm interested. <laughs> you know, like all of that.
2: Every day, something new and cool is coming out. So uh, we're just like on the verge of some really neat shit. You know, and there's such a this. This wheel of cannabis is like so big, and there's so many different spokes that come off of it. And no matter if you want to make dab tools, or mats, or bags and stickers, like there's some kind of avenue if you could somehow have a passion for it with the cannabis. And it's all just kind of starting, so it's super exciting. But we're really just like fucking babies here,
3: <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> we're percent. babies. We're.
2: I hope one day, and this sounds real cheesy, but I really hope one day there's like other generations talking about how things started, you know. And I hope people brought, bring people up like us about, there was a legacy market that we're having fucking parties during a fucking pandemic. You know, you weren't even supposed to like be in a room with other people at six feet and then we were like fucking smoking weed <laughs> and hanging them back. You know, like people, like, there was a, a venue owner that allowed it. He was say, yeah, man. Yeah, man, I want to take a risk on it. You know, like, that was cool. That was really neat. You know, that was at the sinkhole. Uh, yeah. Know? Like, yeah. it was cool to like, I'm sure I, I took advantage of, like, he needed the money and shit, but, like, still, like, everybody got paid, and it also sh- opened up the world, uh, people to a subculture that always probably looked bad at it, you know, like, he's smoking weed, throw him out. He's smoking weed, get him out of here. But, like, <laughs> he opened his, you know, his mind up to some shit. So it was cool to, like, it's made a lot of big hurdles in a short time, Like, but we're just now in the fucking baby stage of all this shit.
0: We're going to put on a, I'm going to put on a cannabis uh, tattoo event.
2: I would. I, I, no, I think
0: it's, no, I've already got, it's happening.
2: Like you have to like somehow mend the cultures together, you know,
0: like. Well, I'm not going to do it like on a big scale, but like we're going to have a, a little bit like, like where we just had this at last event, right. And uh, I'm going to have like five guys and I'm going to have the state come in and inspect. Bro, the way I think about it is we have alcohol at it every tattoo yeah, so convention that blew me away in itself yeah so and so like what like, well, is motherfuckers drinking or gonna oh be no a bro party. you can have bars right in there and like yeah, the drinks and like so I'm gonna I'm gonna make it happen I bro think Like, if it's I happening if there's there's anybody February. that February. can make
2: like there was one thing that really impressed me about you and I didn't even meet you and it was like how the fuck did this motherfucker bring in these caliber bars? how our only convention has been the old school tattoo convention and this old fucking Lyle Toddle motherfucker don't like you don't know anything anymore you know like it just blew me away that like you were able to bring in all those people so I think if there's anybody that could like bring something really fucking cool I think it could be you you know I Thank think you could bring bringing something in special like I said the artist the tattoo sh- the convention you know my wife got tattooed all of those conventions or three of them I think you know I just sat back and watched, but it was like... It was cool. It was neat to watch. Man, Man the whole awesome thing. So I'm I think, you know, like, I, yeah, I threw some parties, but really all I did was throw some... A place for people to get together and get high together. But, like, we need something more. Like, we're past us standing in a room staring at each other, smoking a joint. No. You know, like, we've already met. Most of us yeah. don't like each other. Like, we need <laughs> there needs to be something more. You know, like... Something.
0: <laughs> no, I... We more. need to... We need to normalize it, just like I said, like drinking. And, like, there needs to be events for it. And it needs to be accepted. And, like, there's no reason. Again, there's been several events. And they fucking roll up by 8.30. Yeah. 9 o'clock. Motherfuckers are gone. yeah, Because they're, like, they're too high. They're tired. They're going home to munch out, hang out, and talk about something. Yeah. There's no fight. It's quiet. Like... There's no reason why we... Again, we just need to document. And this is another reason why I really wanted to do this. Was like, I want to start documenting these things. Because like, the more we normalize it, the more we talk about it, the more we bring things out in the open, it's not in the shadows anymore, right? And then there's nothing to hide. And there's nothing shady about it. We're over here doing this. Fucking cigarettes are offensive. When I walk by and I smell a cigarette, it fucking burns my fucking... My eyes, my nose, all these things, and I smoke for thirty six years. When somebody walks by and you're smoking hash out here, their eyes are not burning, and, <laughs> and they like they comment about it more than they would a cigarette. But like, that's just because it hasn't been normalized. And like, if if we normalize that this is medicine, and quit getting away from either, like, I don't, I don't like when these things are mixed. And I don't like when it's like grouped like alcohol because alcohol destroys lives and all i've ever seen this ever really do is help people really Burst people
2: together and it's yeah. weird in a weird way even if it is like around the corner yeah people, i mean you, know, like you meet somebody like hey dude you want to be like hey, man, boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> you gotta yeah, dude, i got mean. a
0: you know you can say anything's a gateway but as soon as you start I'll drinking and, and, day and, day. And, and, yeah well again it was so normalized <laughs> and i don't know about you but when I was a little kid my my people were giving me drinks and I was drinking yeah. and so like that was, that was okay kind of yeah, Kinda. yeah. And, you know what I mean until it wasn't anymore every fucking picture. until I needed help <laughs> you know anyway every
3: childhood
1: picture I've got I well, there's <laughs> a cigarette them next to me you know a fucking or a burn, or you a know, burn like. on your face my family used to like to have me hold the beer you know when I was oh, a little look, look cute. how cute he yeah. looks oh, he looks like a little
0: alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it looks like he's gonna have fucking women trouble like I, <laughs> I might uh, do
2: time I'd like to see even like maybe like a reoccurring event you know like a monthly event I don't think a weekly event is like I think with when you do things fast and you know close together weekly events like I can't make this one i'll just get the next one i'll just get the next one you know it's like you got to make it like every six months or once a year or somewhere it's like i can't miss this like this is the one event it's this day i gotta take off for it but i think doing like a reoccurring event at a bar you know and maybe fucking pull the the booze make it flower bar you go up and you buy cones you buy dabs and you got a dab tender that's getting your dab for you and fucking you got rigs, whether or not, they're all electronic. They're all like set up, just like, you know, you said your bar store, I want a dab of this and then you can fucking do it. And then your
0: bartender cleans it up
2: for you and fucking does it all
3: and,
0: you know. That would be cool, you know. We we need consumption lounges. and I know that this is, this is all part of and of course, once suede and them are ready for it, then we can have it, right? Just like when Budweiser is ready for us to drink it, we can have it and like, but if we could, if we could, as a legacy market, start consumption lounges again and make this more normal where like, well, I, I, again, I don't drink. So like, I'm not trying to go find chicks at the bar. Yeah, like, sure. I don't go hang out at the bar. like, And I'll go to a consumption lounge and hang out because the vibe is just way chiller. The people are better. And like, even if I wasn't consuming, I would just be there opposed to... I think a lot of keys, it's ventilation. Because like in the city,
2: well, you don't have to. You have can't to... smoke indoors. So like, even vapes. if like they're okay with like cannabis, they're not gonna be okay with your smoking inside. So no, it have to be vapes no with
0: outdoor. You know what I mean? Vapes inside and then outdoor, or at least a good ventilation system. Well, it'll so have to have, have ventilation. Like those
2: smoke eater machines. I no, mean, it, like, so it has like to. All all that, well, it,
0: know, but, whatever the hookah lounge is doing should be acceptable, bro. Yeah, you're right. That there's a hookah lounge that there's a <clears> shootout. And cars broke in every two weeks. Well, I, and that don't happen when there's... I don't think they're Is ever going
2: right to allow us... They're think. never going to allow us just... Not just us as Missouri residents, but anybody. I don't think they're going to be okay with us just walking down the street, smoking a joint, blowing in the air. Because this guy over here who can't get high or don't want to get high or the kid over here, like, if it blows up in the air, it could potentially go over. Oh, and, you're getting secondhand smoke So I don't think they're ever going to allow us just to walk around and be okay with that. But, like know like if we could somehow contain it like we're in this room doing this thing we got a sign on the door that says it's consumption only marijuana fucking you're gonna get high whatever fuck the legal term is but there's a way to do it, it just no one's done it missouri's fucking backwards as a motherfucker so. that was one of my
0: questions was is did you did you give out any weed to kids for halloween this year <laughs> no <laughs> i'll say so that as a maybe. no dude i locked my door no kids are getting shit in my home. <laughs> no, I know, but it's so funny. Like you know the the packages of the edible. You didn't give out no edibles. Dude, you didn't I give was. out no twenty dollar edibles to kids. I mean, I'll tell you what
2: though, like for one, I'm never gonna just give up my drugs. That's for rough. entertainment or just to think of like, hey, I gave this stranger. I'll never see the the effects. <laughs> of, I'm never gonna get entertained by how fucked up they are. Let me tell you this story that just popped in my head. So <laughs> was it last year? two Christmases Thanksgiving ago. So we've got this uh, (laughs) brother-in-law. We brought edibles. We brought brownies. And we told everybody except the brother-in-law. And I wasn't for this because I'm not cool. I've been dosed before with Special K and it wasn't, like, cool, you know? (laughs) So... (laughs) He he, as soon as he got there, he's like, Oh bro, this bro comes over there and like I'm just looking at everybody like like who's (laughs) gonna say it? Who's gonna say it? One of you guys, it's your relative. Say it to him. No one said shit. Okay man, eat him. Dude, like about an hour or so later, he's sitting over on the couch and he's just like sitting there, you know, just watching TV and I could tell like it's hitting him just like that edible hit me earlier, like I could tell like he was going for a ride right now. And, like, I just started feeling so fucking bad for him, you know? But he fucking sucked it up through the whole dinner. No one told him shit, and somehow he drove home. I don't know how he got home. Still, no one told this poor guy. And he just thought, he was like, man, I think I got the flu. I just started feeling really weird, and, like, dude, he was fucked up. I felt so bad. So, like, maybe we should, like, like getting some, like, an un. We all want to give somebody a comfortable experience with your product and my product. Like, I don't want to give them an edible that's so fucking high that they eat it and they have a bad experience and they'll never touch it again. Because ultimately, I want them to come back to me. But also, like, I don't want you to, like, give up. Like, because I fucking was fucking asshole. So, like, I try to do, you know, like, everything very uh, manageable and give everybody a good experience, you know. But... Doting somebody that wasn't expecting it, it's not a good experience. I know he'll never touch that shit again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's that's not just not pop my head it's like, Oh man. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. I heard I heard that happen at some wedding recently that yeah, some they, got they arrested, are, I think. Yeah, somebody, they, yeah. They, they, they 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 like catered it with like edibles <laughs> or something and like they didn't tell the guests and like I think there's like lawsuits because yeah, like, like the guests mad. didn't even know. Yeah, and it's they, like, like and I don't mean I just heard this second hand from somebody, but like that's wild to me. Like I would never do something like that. So to the anybody. thought of just like
2: throwing your fucking gummies in a bag and like a <laughs> fat little people. Billy down the street, like that would be so bad. I cannot even imagine that as a child.
0: No. I usually try to tell people you gotta be out real cautious. because <laughs> you know, I've had so, I've had times, but like we were talking about our first time getting high. The first time I ever got high, I got that I remember I got sick everywhere I was so fucking high mm-hmm. and this this red bud I was just like and I was supposed to go meet my girlfriend's dad I was like oh my god I'm fucking so <laughs> fucked up I don't know how I ever got myself together to go I met this dude I was like I'm sure I look like a fucking <laughs> piece of trash bro it, I, yeah I, I mean, yeah, you had you're, a, I may have had a drug so problem earlier. you off
2: an edible that your face <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's sliding off the bone. Like, there was a guy I worked with the stone thing and he would eat edibles all day. And I could see it in his face. Like, he would be like... You know? Like, when everything is just hanging off, like, he's fucked up. So, you know, I feel bad that we dose somebody. But <laughs> At least I know I'll never do it again. I learned. That way, so. It also wasn't my fault. I looked at everybody. This is like, your fucking fault. You go and tell him. You no, know? I'm not telling
0: him. Like, man, man, I fucking uh, I man, got this is like not cool. <laughs> I got this quarter pound of fucking dirt in fucking uh, when I when I lived in Yuma. And I mean it was dirt. It was the, it, like it had dirt in it. I think. Like, <laughs> like for real, like, it was disgusting. I tried to roll a joint. It was disgusting. But uh, I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna just cook the whole thing and put it in this one pan of brownies. So, I did, and uh, me and my, like my assistant, with he's also my hetero life mate, Doak, yeah. um, and uh, this other dude that worked for me at the time, we all had brownies about this big, and <laughs> we were fucking our eyes were rolled, bro, it was like we had taken heroin, yeah. and then like the next day I woke up still oh, fucked up, and tried to go into the shop and like talk to mm-hmm. people, and my buddy Doak's like, bro. <laughs> Just go back home. Like, you sound like you're fucking on heroin, bro. Because I was like, uh, 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 Yeah, bro. Edibles are fucking harsh. But also,
2: like, it's a, uh, I feel it's a, an environment. Most drugs for me have always been an environment. So, like, like with uh, acid, any of that shit, I didn't really start fucking freaking out tripping until, like, I got in a car and we decided to go to Walmart. You know, and you walk in that different environment, you're like, oh, my God, and you just start blowing the fuck up. Like, dude, what is going on? So, like, edibles are like that with me, too. So I think earlier, that was a little bit. It was, like, kind of a weird environment, but, like, it's happened at a concert before. I have had a brownie. Everything was fine. Dude, I saw a Japanese noise band, Melt Banana. Dude, they came out, and as soon as it kicked in, like, I fucking, like... Kept like, <laughs> inching back away from the band until it was up against the wall. And I'm, like I couldn't even like I was about ready to send a message to my wife like Can you please come get me? Like I can't even get out of this fucking venue right now. I'm so fucked up. And it was just a regular brownie that I had made. As soon as I got outside. Everything kind of felt back to normal, but it was just like weird. It got hot, you know, like the screaming Japanese women are fucking, you know, (laughs) screaming at you. It was at the ready room, you know, tiny ass little club. It was like probably weird colors and shit going on. I made a mistake
0: here. Yeah, I would have took mushrooms. I'm almost sure. I, I I I saw somebody's head kind of pop off in this car one time when I was fucking we were high just on some kind of, I think the weed was laced really but I, I I don't know we went, we ended up at uh, the Doors movie and it was wild bro wild and I don't know if the weed was laced or I don't know I yeah, I saw Primus the same way totally fine on a brownie but they
2: came out and it was just like oh dude like I couldn't even control my legs they were like wiggling like at any time i'm just going to fall over like i have no control and it was the 3d willy wonka once. so i was like dude i made a bad mistake <laughs> i got 4 hours and so i got suck it up man <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: but you know i gotta learn your lesson somehow so
0: um uh, i guess uh what's the future for captain mo green and uh the cannabis? uh Oh, uh, man, this past year this has been
2: kind of like a weird, humbling year for me. I've learned a lot of things in the garden, you know, learned some shit, you know. So I've just been, like, focusing in on the garden. Like, i got a couple of new rooms built, so I'm trying to dial those in and get used to humidity and shit like that. But right now I'm just kind of focusing on my lane, you know, like... And trying not to pay attention to everybody else's lane. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm finding myself too involved in fucking Instagram and Mm -hmm. bullshit. And it's like, I just don't... It's too negative at times, so uh, I'm trying to distance myself from the negativity and just stay in my lane and just try to perfect what I'm doing, really, and just try to give the best product I feel I can give out there until some laws loosen up for everybody, you know, and keep... I don't know if I'm going to do any more events. I really have no idea yet. I like. I just honestly, I planned on this year just laying low. You know, I felt last year I went real hard, the shirts, the events, mm-hmm. all of that. I pushed it pretty hard, so I just wanted to kind of step, take a step back, but also not too far back where you you lose some relevance. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like you know it's it's moving so fast, and there's so many talented people out there. You can lose some relevance if you don't keep out there somehow so like you can get your page shut down and you're like oh, I don't want to fucking put it out there anymore I'm not it's too much to start another page well like people forget who the fuck you are
0: yeah no. just like if sure. you quit
2: tattooing we're eventually going to forget who the fuck you are and, you know so it's uh you know just still trying to stay relevant you know and it's a it's a young man's game and I'm old so I'm still trying to stay relevant and uh connect to younger people you know connect to new people learn social media and shit <laughs> you know like I learned a lot of these tools and that to, to help to benefit a small business owner you know? mm-hmm. so um, yeah that's really about it how about you you got any big plans for the year You like I try to think six months ahead So yeah, I'm doubling gotta- down bro I'm
0: out there I'm, I'm coming harder this year for everything gotcha. mm-hmm. um, yeah like like you said I'm getting older so like for me my times well I'm putting more into this well it's not really true either i'm putting a lot of focus on the tattoo uh shop uh we're gonna do a lot of like uh what i'm trying to do is i'm pro artist which is not very um looked it's it's frowned upon in our industry a little bit that like i i want to see the future of a tattoo artist be good for them this is the only industry that you get into in it you're just supposed to make the same amount of money forever and pay and and, and come to work and leave when they tell you to leave. (laughs) And, like, you're not supposed to get anything extra or better. And, like, man, they can suck my dick with that, bro. Like, I worked real hard, and I was all a part of that same part of the industry. And, like, to me, like, I need future tattoo artists to help me. And what I've laid down in the past is now I'm willing to, like, help them and put gasoline on them and cut a whole bunch of fucking corners off for people that are self-motivated, sure, sure. want to work hard and want to become something in themselves. self. I, I'll put gasoline on you, and I've got it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, I didn't really know why I did all the things I did, and, like, now I see that, like, helping other people get places that maybe they would have a hard time getting to or a harder time, maybe. Sure. Um, things are a lot easier now than they were back then with the internet anyway. Um, but anyway, I think my focus for the tattoo world is to uh, propel all the people that work with me to wherever they want to go in their career and how I can help them. Sure. And what I try to do is facilitate a place that makes everybody happy to come here and happy to leave. And we just do our work and leave. And then...
2: I think uh, that mystery has always needed something like that, almost like a an uncle, you know, like a, an OG to like steer the younger ones. Like, you know, you see <clears throat> some of these naive people, and I use females in general, because they tend to, like some women will get fucking used and spit away, you know, in a shop. It's nice to have somebody like helping people along like this is the way you want to go like you know you don't want to go that way you don't want to do that you want to go this way
0: like so
2: I wish I would have had that kind of shit right,
0: no for sure and 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 then like the cannabis industry i I feel like I'm again I feel like I'm still learning so much um it's so humbling for me just like early tattooing so it's super exciting
3: mm-hmm. um <laughs>
0: but it also makes me like want to work like man I like just like tattooing bro like I have to become the fucking I gotta dominate this and like I gotta meet the people at the top and I have to network with them and like when I saw when I took uh, bird extracts class like a year ago I saw all these parallels between our industry and and that's why I tried to put together the ice water thing was I was trying to help them because they don't see it but like it looks like a bunch of tattooers 20 years ago that got all the secrets like Paul Booth and yeah. Guy and, and, and you know, the guys in the States like Brad and, and, and you know, like whoever was badass and like you couldn't get to them, right? But like years later, the seminars started coming down and then the information started coming mm-hmm. down and right. now we know why the machine runs like this and now we know that, da, 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 da. well, I can help you all get there real fast because that's where you're all going because mm-hmm. I can see it because I've been there so let's just talk about tattooing 20 years ago 20 years ago you didn't want people to know you had tattoos yeah. I didn't have any visible mm-hmm. tattoos till I was fucking 3 years in the industry all my shit was up under here Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like I didn't have anything visible until I was fucked because my dad's like you're going ruin your life doing this same thing and here we are now yeah in 2022 almost 23 and like cannabis is now is like the (laughs) new the new microbrewery or whatever however you want to you know what i mean a new honey store or whatever it is i don't know but new
1: honey store
0: you know, like I don't know, like boutique. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, am I boy. missing something here? Mm, it's all honey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're We're um, the, so the yeah, honey, then you get the honey. The Just thing. grind, bro. It's like I, I don't know, like I don't know what else to do but
2: work hard. But you still see yourself tattooing. Yeah. Like, or do you, or is cannabis your uh, no, 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 your uh, you know your sidestep? Like I'm not saying you won't be a, still a business owner in the scene, but like. Tattooing, physically tattooing. How much longer t- do you think your hands will do? How much longer your back
0: will do? You know, before you. Well, I'm gonna tattoo so I can't. Uh-huh. I, I just it. figured
2: cannabis is like the, uh, you know, like tricks all those, trips all those fucking you know triggers. So like, no, I it- think a lot of guys, it's that that transition of like, I don't have to break my body no more. Like I can kind of do something. else.
1: When you mentioned that to me, you were the other day, or a couple of weeks ago. You're like, yeah, you might want to think. What to-. My mind's been racing ever since, and I was like, yeah, I should learn. I mean
2: something uh to to me it's injuries. it's knowledge. It's something no one will ever be able to take away from you. Just like tattooing. Like, you know, if you have to go to prison you're gonna survive. Yeah. You know,
0: gonna I be- think I think my tattooing is like I, I think I would be like doing like names or something like lot like my name or something toward the end if I was doing anything. But like definitely I get so much serenity just like going and sitting in my garden and and leaves and, sure. like just thinking about whatever I'm going to do next I, I just started a little breeding project <clears throat> but you know and I didn't even I got tricked myself into that and I ended up with some males I was like you know I think I'm just gonna just see what happens see what I can do, next know? thing you know I've collected pollen and now I can tell that the flowers are starting to be get seeds and like that's wild yeah. I'm enjoying the I started really getting
2: into cloning so I like just sit down and just kind of look at them, all little babies. I know it sounds stupid. It's just like yeah, I just look at them and I just like do this and just kind of change them. But to me, it's like I'm raising something. I'm raising uh, something that I didn't think was going to live, but somehow I got it to fucking grow and like get it to this point. So that's been very sad. So are you going to stick around with that time for a while? Yeah. Um, Until your body says no? Uh,
1: yeah, so I've been through the whole thing with reoccurring back issues and at the in November last year it was like the worst time of my whole life like I couldn't walk for like two to three days maybe longer I mean I was really bad like I don't know and then I re-injured in April luckily a lot less but just the depression and the anxiety and the physical everything surrounding all that has been so I remember LT put it best he was like yeah what sucks about hurting your back is hurting your back but also it just becomes a personality trait. And I. when you said that, LT, that was like, oh, fuck. It's yeah. me. I mean, because I mean, people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, well, my back's... Yeah. I'm, I, in my head, they're like, how's your back doing? It, and But reality, they're just like, how are you doing? So I, I definitely would... I, I hope... I mean, I got no other skills. I, I mean, I can barely read, all right? Your yeah. one fucking I've been working in tattoo shop since I was 18. You know what I mean? So like... It was scary for me, man. It's been 18... Right, 18 to 19. Yeah, I'm 38 now, so... Um, I would like to tattoo until I'm dead, uh, and hopefully I do, but I also wouldn't mind parlaying in some other financial realms, you know. Or I could just retire from tattooing and go back to waxing floors at night as a janitor, like we talked about full circle. And I tell you what. (laughs) It is pretty relaxing. (laughs) It's not a bad gig. I mean, you know, that's the only other real job I had besides this.
0: Man, you guys are humble. I'm going to be honest, man. I lost my job uh, or I lost all my tattoo equipment and I, I hung siding for two weeks. I got $600. I went and got when my fucking, I went and got my equipment and I said fuck that and I ain't ever done nothing since. Even when no, I got I, strung out I just robbed <laughs> like you know what I mean like nah, yeah, I, nah. no. I,
1: yeah I got nothing out I, I mean think, I'm coming up on the 20. the problem
2: with like you know definitely back issues it's all the bullshit that happens with it. It's like depressed, you know, like, the I can't go to work, <laughs> it's first. terrible, like, like terrible. for me, I had, you know, like, you guys are probably saying, like, your whole life, my whole life was tattooing, it was that uh, identity of a, being an artist, like, if people talked to me about it, and that's how I looked, and all that kind of shit, and, like, it all got took, took away, or not took away, but, like, I lost everything, mm-hmm. not only that, but, like, no one calls you, like, no one, like, when you're, You're sinking in that toilet bowl, and you're fucking going like that. Everybody on the edge is like, nope, not me. And they're fucking climbing up to the side and watching you sink down. Nobody called me. Nobody checked on me. Nobody offered me a job back. You know, like, so I lost so much of my identity, you know, my friends, my social network, like everybody was gone. So none like, of them clients called to check on you. No clients. Oh, weird. Just the ones that wanted their shit finished in my living room. Weird. You know, like, <laughs> like weird. Like, nobody, like nobody, like cared. So like, you hmm. know, like that was, uh, you know, like you wrap yourself up all in this identity. You know, it's, it was nice to find something out. You know, and it took a while though. It took a long fucking time to find something, and the gym kind of did it for me. Bit, but the cannabis, you do look good, bro. Not anymore, but I did. I did, but that was just an obsession, that was uh, an addiction. I can't,
0: I can't, I don't, I can't ever get addicted enough to the gym. It just
2: doesn't doesn't work for me. It was tough, but I did. This
1: guy right here has changed his body (laughs) more than anybody. When I first saw you, you were a similar build to me. You were more, you were a husky dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just
2: tired of, I well, it all started by I stopped drinking soda. Like, that's all I drank. I yeah. never touched a fucking drop of water. And uh, I lost some weight. You know, I lost like 20 pounds. I was like, oh, that's cool. But like, what I really did it was like, I was outside uh, sanding this piece of wood. Right? And I'm like, have my shirt off. It's nice and hot. <laughs> sanding. And I look down and I just see my boobs. Like, <laughs>
3: oh, oh, oh. You
2: know, because I lost 20 pounds. So it's like everything's just hanging out. I was like, I can't do this. I can't fucking do put my shirt back on and like I just started doing like little stupid things like and I didn't tell anybody I didn't tell my wife I didn't tell nobody I was scared of failing so I like I instead of eating chips I was eating grapes you know like instead of that I was just making little tiny changes because like if you try to throw somebody right in a gym and go okay man go figure it out like you're gonna fail I just did little changes and started working out in the living room in early in the morning before she would wake up you know and it's just like until she was like hey you know like that's why I was like, oh, like it, I felt that, that kick in my head it was like, oh, that felt good. <laughs> that was a nice, like a little dopamine rush. So it all started and like I made little changes I and mean, it does make you feel better. But like, like everything else, you know, like going from the baddie to the bong, I had to
1: like stop yeah. the So
2: like totally changed my diet. I got a diet coach and I got a gym membership and like, you know, like I started,
1: you know, Vascular. You...
0: Yeah. You
2: become uh, <laughs> uh, numb to what you really look like, so you're constantly wanting to look bigger or better. or seeing this person that looks bigger and better or whatever the fuck it is. So it's like you constantly try to like push yourself and push yourself, but it's just like body dysmorphia in reality as well. Yeah. It it's like you're just like I don't even
1: fucking know what the hell he, he keeps looks walking like, by. Is that your friend? <laughs> 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 That's a gale, I think. Uh, you got I remember you posted a picture of your legs Oh shit! Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ like, I did uh, keto for highways, like three years
2: ridges. That was hard It was like no carbs no mm. nothing but I've done It was I all like in search up. of he could, he abs You know like I always wanted to have abs and you know like I'm getting older I'm trying to check things off my list You, know, for you, nine. you I got look good
0: when you I see pictures of me, you know, oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, I don't have abs
1: anymore, but, like, I got you pictures did it. of yeah. yeah. When he was peeking on that yeah. shit, yeah. it was yeah. like a like a pro wrestler shit. You were like, shutting you down, was, down, huh?
2: You have to be, you just have to listen. And I had somebody telling me what to eat. So he was like, these are your diet plans. This is what you're eating every day. This is what you eat for your pre-workout. You eat this for your post-workout. I want you to get this much sleep, whatever it was. And I just listened. I just was like, I have no problem... Turning my brain off and eating what somebody tells me. And I did, like, but the fucked up thing was, like, food was not enjoyable anymore. hmm You know, like, I can't go to the burger shop and get my, my mm-hmm. whatever the fuck I want because I had all of the macros and all this bullshit in my fucking head. So it, I was able to achieve something, and um, it was really cool to see what I could put my mind to. Mm-hmm. It was really cool the confidence that you get from it. You know, it's just amazing, um, you know I guess looking good, I guess you, you
1: know. for someone who grew up never looking that way. You, you know? kill. Him. <laughs> I mean we we and were all at Trader Vibes we were all like, Wow, we were it was in, me and Omar used to talk about that shit all the time. I'm
0: like
2: man shot is looking it's like hard a bird Like especially like, like I was in my forties, so <clears throat> like you have to be super disciplined. Inspired, so, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, like you it can't. was I had to, I, (laughs) you know, just as much like people don't understand your passion for anything, cannabis, tattooing. They don't understand your passion. So they're going to talk shit and they're going to not under, you know, do whatever. But like I had to like change, like my wife and I didn't really eat for years. Like we ate around the same time, but I ate my thing and she ate her thing. A lot of times she'd eat fast food or whatever, or whatever. But, like, I was eating my protein shakes and my chicken and rice. And, like, took a lot of weird shit away from me. But, like, I was able to achieve something, you know.
1: Like, no, you killed it. I, I mean, visually, yeah, thank you. the biggest change. Because yeah. you lost all that weight. And then I remember you saying that you were toning <laughs> it up. And then and it was just like. Well,
2: with the bodybuilding, it's like, you know, there's, like, different things. You can be a bodybuilder. And that's, like, you're literally... Oh, didn't Every didn't year you you've got a... I, I, I know bodybuilders.
0: Yeah. I understand. Yeah, you're well, like I understand. building yourself
2: up and then cutting all the fat, and you're like trying to look good. It's all... I didn't know you did that. That's Oh, no, well, I it's never like did... Uh,
0: where you shred down and... Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: I never did competition. Sure. I did everything. You don't own a
0: you No, do? dude. I,
2: that never interested me. I went me. brief To me, it was more of like, I can do what you guys do, and I ain't got to do it. I'm 40-something, I can do what you're doing in your 20s. Like, you can't tell me I can't do... so. Like You can't tell me I can't be part of your...
1: I mean, you're still obviously a great shape. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, got, you, you benefited from... The pandemic fucking closed the gyms down here. I just went right to eating. <laughs> well, people, All those people who, like, lost <laughs> well, weight... Well, I guess we're going to die. Yeah, all the people who lost weight and stuff, I'm like, man, y'all were real productive. I was uh, like not doing that like, shit i don't i fucking
0: stress eight every day like what well i guess got? i'll
1: never tattoo again might as well and also like in the beginning it was very Eat, hard to yeah. find <laughs> certain
2: things at the grocery store so i remember going at 7 a.m when they would allow regular people to go shop you know because it was like only the elderly got to go from six to seven or something so i would get there and try to get oatmeal and all they would have was like old-fashioned, whatever the fuck it was that was, like, hard as a rock. Like, yeah, the steel you know, like, it was just cut. real hard to even eat healthy, you know? So, it's just... Maybe it was just time to take a break. I needed it more for my brain now than I do anything. You know, I miss looking a certain way, but also, like, I like having a life. You know, I like eating. I like having a dinner with my fucking wife. I like, eating, you know, I love candy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too, yeah. <laughs> I also, like, it's real hard to... Be into a diet when edibles, to me, give me the munchies like a motherfucker. Oh, that's terrible. They do. Um, like, bad. Like, I will just eat. Can't, like, binge eat. I'll fight, like, potato chips, all kinds no, of bullshit. So same. it was just too hard. Like, you're only allowed so many meals and, like, well, how many times I want to eat chicken and rice? Like, I can't eat it, so.
0: this, Yeah. I, I uh, That ain't what you want to binge on anyway. No, it was dry ass kitchen. Yeah. And
2: honestly, like, I think a lot of working out was... I was working for the cheat meal. My coach, every once in a while, like certain situations, like if I lost too much weight in a week or something like that, he'd be like, you need to take a cheat meal. And like when he said cheat meal, like you can eat anything you fucking want. And man, I would, like it was supposed to be a meal, but I wouldn't make it last <laughs> hours. Like, mom well, my meal's not over with, <laughs> but I would eat so much. Like I would just lay on the bed and be like, I, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And then I would start feel better. And then I'd get back up and I'd go eat some potato chips. It, like I never gained weight like you eat all of that and you just stuff in yourself and the next day I would drop like six pounds So yeah. was like, what the
3: fuck
1: that's it was cool as fuck man yeah, like, I wanted awesome. more of
2: those but it's all like science and you know shit they never taught us Mathematics. in school they never they never like health class was don't get pregnant DD you know, shit like that but like they never taught us
0: like well, now that protein and carbohydrates yeah. and
2: fats and how one affects the other
1: and how, your body burns one first and
0: like they don't teach it shout out SLC <laughs>
1: <laughs> after the uh, the coach <coughs> talking about the grocery store real quick I uh, during the shutdown I told my neighbor in my apartment building his name's Jim I was like uh, I was like hey <laughs> man Jim. Jim Cahill what's up um, I, uh, I was like hey I'm going to the grocery store you want anything because I was going to this like secret dollar general that nobody knew about was the shit and he goes well I go to Aldi's you know they open up early for us and he Points to me and him like this and I said what do you mean he goes for the 65 and up and I was like he wasn't jo- I said Jim how old do you think I am and he goes 65 or up at the time I was like I'm 38 now so I was like 35 or some shit you know fuck you Jim and I was like Jim I'm 35 years old man and he was genuinely like oh oh okay I was I'm wow. like I'm like you see all these like 26 year old girls coming over and you know like what do you think I'm just this old man just some, who do you think all these people are coming over you think I, like what's going on here it just cracked me up shook me up that day it's like damn I need to like trim my beard up or something that's wild I'm like damn I'm Dave, I've really never looked looked like thought that. you've never looked
0: 65 or older to me yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like
1: gonna, I'm gonna just put that out I now. dress like a I mean I wear like t-shirts and baggy shorts you know I'm like what do you the I, typical tattoo. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> exactly, I code I'm like You think order. I'm 65? And, and I think he's just hard. But then it concerned me that he's out there driving around. Yeah. Because I know true. he has trouble seeing. Me. But yeah, whenever he said that, I was like, what the? I like asked the chick I was hanging with. I'm like, do I look 65? Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Be honest with me. Yeah. And what age group
2: am I I'm am I 50 to 60. Yes. Yeah,
1: Mid 30s at the time.
0: Well, you've been living a hard life. <laughs> living raw.
1: <laughs> well, you
0: yeah. I don't got much more. Do you I, got anything?
1: I, I think that was a great talk. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I can
2: fucking talk for
1: hours. So Thanks. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's been awesome, especially uh, like
2: was, tattooing. You know, like I said earlier, there's not many people really in the city that even fucking know who the fuck I am. Anymore. I'll never so, forget just nice to be, talk about it again. You know? I was stoked to hear, <laughs>
0: uh, well, to begin with, I was stoked to hear all this history that I didn't really know. Um, you know, coming from Columbia, I'm not from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, so it was awesome to hear all the tattoo
1: history. I love tattoo history. Um, yeah, I and think um,
2: one day they'll read a book about
1: us. I, I have, like, okay, I'm not the best uh, reader and definitely not the best writer. But I love St. Louis tattoo history. I'm more North County specific, but I love St. Louis tattoo history, and I would love to do. uh, Me and Omar Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. talked about doing something. Something It's a lot of interesting stuff and layers, especially if you just
2: look at like how many artists have been birthed from T. Bob. Yeah. You know, just like this person went on to the And 2 Well, like, Look at all the other shops that have been opened up based on that artist and the time they spent at that one shop. Yeah. I yeah. think
0: that it's crazy that it's people like, don't ever talk about
1: Burt Grimby in here really. You know, I mean, we do, but yeah. like we well, I mean, nobody I mean, Trader Bob started as an offshoot of him. I know, but I mean, all you hear about is the California well, shit. The yeah, pie, yeah. yeah like, he was here, but no, 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 he, he was, was here like, and
0: Doc Wolf that I worked with, like he was in fucking They bought all this flash and shit. That's why I got, that's why I got that shit. The
2: shit in Trader Bob's basement. Like I, I didn't even really know what I'm looking at. But like, I'm sure Alan knew what the fuck. Like I'm sure all these guys knew what they were looking at. But like, there was stuff that was just amazing. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, like the St. Louis has got a lot of old history. I just, I think it needs to somehow get put down. You know, like it's There's the, a lot of word of mouth. It's like a lot. The of record war.
1: keeping in those days was so rough. Yeah,
2: it's just a, like a lot of pictures, and like everybody that are old are dying off, and the story ends with them. There needs yeah. to be something, whether or not it's a fucking blog or a website. Or something like there. Yeah. But there's uh, there's St. Louis has always been a tattooing city. I think, along with Chicago, but I think T. Bob's might even be the oldest. West of the Mississippi, you know, still operating like that. Nobody knows that shit. That's fucking dope. (laughs) There's so much,
0: like, drugs that have been done in that room. You know, like, there's so much history in in that room. I mean, again, like, that's that's why I wanted to bring Tattoo the Lou here and Mm -hmm. and do the things that I've done is because, like, this place deserved a better show than the old school show. And I had the ability to do it. And... Again, the, like some of these things were revealed to me after I got here and I didn't even know that like, that was what I was meant to be here. It was to like bring a better show and a better caliber of things, you know? And I think, I, I hope that the tattoo history here just keeps growing and like, and it does get documented. That's why I wanna document the cannabis history because I feel like we're right in a time with the cannabis industry, especially right here, right now that, like, we we could be documenting stuff for the future that should, like, just like the tattoo industry yeah. should have been documented a long time ago, too, you know? Uh, I think, and both of them have been
2: hand-in-hand hand for for years. Like, everybody, artist is either used or <laughs> person is used. Like, it's always somehow intertwined. Music that's all intertwined somehow in this weird soap culture. You know,
0: so. okay, go to be down. able to get them
2: all together into one event would be
0: going back to what we said in the very beginning about the fringe and the bikers and things like this like people don't realize that like the Hells Angels and the Elfesteros and all these people they were the ones that started tattoo conventions tattoo shops because they were the only ones that could deal with the law or whatever and so finances you know what I mean and like so I'm sure we've been in the legacy market for a long time and uh, I'm seeing more and more people all the time that like I know some <clears throat> prestigious tattoo artists that are definitely in the cannabis industry, definitely in Colorado and Houston and New Mexico. And I'm we're going to be interviewing them, and I'm excited about it. And, like, I think, again, I think these are some of the things that I was put here for, is, like, I've been able to kind of maneuver in both areas and then, like, start to see these parallels. and Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Dope.
2: Well, it's dope. It's going to be a, a cool year coming up. We've got a lot of hope. So you know, I'm not gonna stay hiding for for long. Just took a little break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope to see you out the yeah, fucking uh, you know, if you need help with an event or something like that, I can help out in any way I can or if you think my stupid name is somehow gonna bring something, but we I think we need something. And I also think we need a competition. I think we need a definitive competition that people all feel that like if they win it it means something. I mean, all these little ones can pop up, and that's cool. But like, let's say High Time shows up, let's do High Times Missouri Cup.
3: Like, mm, no, just for sure. Really. Like people would be like, "What?"
2: And the more people that enter, the more legit your win is. You mm-hmm. know, five people enter, they don't mean nothing. Five hundred people, you're somebody.
0: No, we definitely, we so definitely need a needs to be something. It's consistency. <laughs> We need consistency in in all of these events, and like they again, they need to be out in the open. Like I've been talking about this to a lot of people, is that like you have to just if it's going to be a little hard, but like you have to go do it at like the Marriott, where it has to be done at one of these places before it's ever going to be really considered legitimate. Yeah, 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 and like. That's doing why, it, I,
2: yeah. You know, doing it in a small fucking venue or something like that ain't gonna
0: do it. No, like, like or Delmar something. Hall or, or, or the pageant. Like, <laughs> no, I
2: agree. like
0: somebody could. Like, I talked to the pageant about like potentially doing the ice water cultivation. Just, just so happened I ended up leading somewhere else. Yeah. But, like, that was one of the ones on my on my radar because, like, again, like. My vision is anyway, it needs to be legitimized and like the more we just put it like it's yo, it's this is what it is, bro. It's this weekend, it's twenty one and up. Like yep. you can't come in unless you have your medical and blah, blah, blah. And until we're doing that, like and and it might have to start out in North County or but you know, on the fringe. I think maybe a positive with legal mode maybe getting a vote in or something would be
2: you don't really have to worry about who has a medical card anyway. You're twenty one up, you get to come in I and can see them go to the event. Because mm-hmm. now it's wreck in Missouri, so anyone twenty one up. No, can, for can sure partake. So like I think it like this year could potentially open up for events and shit like that if people really start thinking of it that way. Like I think you can fucking open up the market to whole different people, you know, instead of just being patients, you're twenty one and up now.
0: So. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to put a string on there. No, I'm true. sure they
2: will. <laughs> I still think the city is uh, <clears> the <throat> epicenter. You know, like, I think, uh, like, all of the fucking...
3: What?
0: No, oh, I, I just think, hocked up a loopy in I think, <laughs> I think the St. Louis
2: city is the epicenter. Like, it's so decriminalized in the city. Like, they just don't give a fuck. As long as you're not fighting, you're not fucking got other drugs involved. Uh, okay, I I got the you go and hey, try having a, a canna fest out in fucking St. Charles. I don't think you're going to have the same
1: fucking. Or even any, even it's in like the... where I live, like yeah. Richmond Heights, it'd be, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like but, it has to be St. Louis because like city, you know, yeah, exactly, or north or or
0: North County ish. Yeah, man. Yeah, you get. Certain areas. We're, having, we're having a lot of luck on Rock Road. Look at I'll, da, I'll just say uh, that right now. A lot of luck ro- on Rock Road, Mid County. Look at Saint
2: Lawrence <laughs> and the event Mid- they just had there. Like it looked like there was a fuck ton of people, and from what I heard, of caught it was in the Northwest. Market, <laughs> cops aren't going to go up up north and like bust this fucking church. Who like nothing is probably in the fucking area anyway. Like they just don't give a fuck. They just don't want anybody getting hurt. Want any fucking other drugs? per you know, like.
1: No, the I cops think, care about fentanyl and guns. Yeah, yeah Which no, is a thousand they, they percent they need to. They right? do. I yeah. they think little they're going to care about
2: weed if you've got those other things involved. Yeah. So if you got guns, don't fucking take pictures of your bags of weed and your guns. Like cops don't want you. You know, they're going to look at you weird if you start involving the coke and all these other drugs. And like, oh, I'm not only just selling weed, but I'm also selling heroin. Also, mm-hmm. you know, like, dude, you're fucked because all that combines. Like, you not going to bust a pot dealer pot grower they're gonna care about the guy who's doing other bullshit cause it's so close to being legal they just they don't wanna fucking fuck with it man so yeah, yeah. definitely don't wanna fuck with
0: it no I agree with that 100% like I I mean again like I, I can think of a lot of things like I wouldn't want alcohol in the same areas I don't I don't I don't even like call it trapping or any of these things because like it all just it doesn't
1: sound good. Like again, mm-hmm. what we need you're to trying is, like, legitimize it. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's, you're it's like ready.
1: with yeah, microdosing mushrooms, not mm-hmm. to catch up, but yeah, absolutely. I, I do that. But as soon as I started doing that on a regimen, I stopped recreationally mm-hmm. taking mushrooms, yeah. allegedly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like <laughs> because it's like, well, that's got to, it's got to legitimize it for myself. As opposed to just being like, oh, I eat some it's mushrooms. also you yes. calling it
2: microdose is like the baby step that regular people need to feel better about taking mushrooms. Because yeah. if you say, oh, I took some mushrooms all week and people are like, you're fucking druggy. But you're like, oh, I'm microdose. Yeah, I right. agree. It's great. A for, it's like, it's hey, for man, my depression. Anything you want, it is. It I really get is, you some, too. Like, it's so different now by changing that. It's like the vape pen of the cannabis world. It's like, for some reason, this is the ni- or the gummy. Both of these are like... The fucking, you know, like the the hand. You know, yeah. People are like, I don't want to smoke weed. It's the like, white I'll claw. A, I'll take a little puff off that pen. It's the white claw. I'll take. I'll eat that little tiny gummy square. Yeah, it's you know, white like, claw. Exactly, dude. Yeah.
0: Just, I mean. just not bud heavy or, or or a shot of rumpies. It's fucking, <laughs> it's a white claw. Yeah, you know, if you, you, you know? hit a pen.
2: Yeah, like they don't want to go and smell like this. Don't this is not obnoxious. You don't. I smell actually like weed. You don't smell fucking like you're a fucking stoner with them.
0: I truly believe this is the device that's going to get a, a whole lot of people to smoke hash. Sure. And it's what you just said. Like we're going to have a lot of parents that you're going to see in the future that are you know raising their kids that are good parents and they're going to take this instead of taking like psychoactive drugs. You know, and then. Like it's gonna be a lot better for you to like pop out the back door and take a couple of hits off the vape and like not smell like a fucking, yeah. you know, a Cypress Hill concert. <laughs> or say, you know what I mean? And, like, it's true. You know, like in, I like yeah. I, I think I think this is definitely gonna be the vehicle for when you know when soccer moms start really yeah. being able to medicate with, um, <clears throat> yeah.
3: I uh, hate vape pen <laughs> no, <I'm laughs>
0: he, he would, lo- he name, would, lo- he would love one <laughs> yeah. that dude would they would love one it, yeah. um,
1: so, so is this hash in here
0: yeah so that's rosin oh, okay. that just like you just heat treat it and it liquefies it kind of like changes the
1: viscosity uh, okay. so yeah, yeah. Then, like, it also
0: it also like it, it smashes the terpenes down so that they all kind of become like one terpene. And so, it also is going to, like, change probably the potency of it quite a bit. And so, like, it's, it's not like doing a jab. But, like, one of the good ways to say it is, is, like, this is a $2 device and this is a $100 device. You know? And, like, so, like, you're going to get different also effects like from each one. The built-in battery, the convenience of all of this is
2: what is going to help, too. Because if you say, oh, I want a vape. And you're like, well, you got to go get a battery. Well, what do I get? Where do I get it at? Do you have any of them? Do you have, you know, like they won't go that extra step to be like, never mind. But like, if this is all included, it's like, dude, all you got to do is hit it. And, yeah, that's and cool. when the battery Trang goes up. dead, you just plug it back in. Like
1: that
0: is the soccer ball. Is this you a know, disposable like, or a real? Yeah, this oh. is a I'm gonna, disposable. I'm gonna get you one too. I should, I should have brought you yeah, one too. Yeah,
1: and I'm into that. But like,
2: my wife would never, in a million years hit a dab she would never in a million years light a torch never this she she's like <laughs> you know she's just like laying watching movies like like and i see her hitting it all the time well it's like it's like a little you, know, like, you know you're doing like dabs what is that what this is that's exactly what this is i'm like yeah baby It's basically the same stuff it's like a concentrate oh you know, and she just kept hitting it in. like <laughs> she loves that. Like they people like that. Little get her a puff coat for Christmas, you know? bro. Oh, no, she, she should, a little, little... she's never even done more than a little puff. I'll
0: bet you you got her a puff. <laughs> get yourself a puff coat. Mm, that's the truth. And then pass it to her and let her finish it off. It's it's a little electric volcano thing. Yeah. Me and Kaylee might have been hitting it one time when we were here. I don't know, but. My, we we well, hit it here a lot. Chris has lo-
1: one. Uh, like, is it like the glass? Yeah. The, he'll, he'll, yeah. I have a little rubber state Chris Tate? Uh, No, Earth. Stone sulfur. Yeah, He's got a well, rubber know. one that, um, it's got these Q-tip holders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he gave me a recliner and I was sitting there, I'm like, what the fuck? I thought it was for his dick or something. <laughs> Dude, where uh, do you put this
2: Q-tip That's bad. what I was
1: like. So, my girlfriend, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I sent him a picture. He thought it was a fleshlighter. He's like, what thing. it was. Like, he's like, this is a fleshlighter. That's when Eddie was Don't staying in the house. I was like, is this his? Or, <laughs> Don't smell it. And I sent it. Chris a picture of him. He goes, well, I guess that might be mine. I go, do you know what it is? And he's like, yeah, it's from my PuffCo thing. I said, "Well, then, uh, f- yes, it is yours. This is your chair. It's a fucking time top- I You're have like to be guilty about it." I yeah, don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, know It's yours.
2: She uh, she don't Thank like you. to get real high too. So like, she's the one the person that she could take a bite of corner, well, that's and nice. then that's it. It'll sit in the fridge and go bad. Uh, that's nice. or if I eat it, the next day she'll say. Where'd that edible (laughs) come? Where'd that gummy go? Babe, it's been another two weeks. It's hard as a rock. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, I know exactly what it is. That's what what I I mean. That's like another
2: (laughs) spoke of the cannabis world. Like, now suddenly people are dabbing well, I can make a little fucking 3D printed holder to connect to the fucking rig. And then it you holds your Q-tips. Like, there's so many ways, like, if you're really creative and think about it, like, you know, you create lighter these issues, or you yeah. do this, or you create that, like, whatever stoner thing you think mm-hmm. of. My one bud's got this little
1: thing that's got a little, it's like you touch the Q-tip, and it's got some liquid, it, like, it wets it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. and yeah. he's just like, mm-hmm. I got one of those. What the
0: fuck is mm-hmm.
2: going on? Yeah, the dabbing and that, that's like a whole <laughs> subculture in itself, like, that's... Uh, I think it checks a lot of weird boxes of, like, the, the prep, you know, of the tools and mm. like, all of that. It's not mm. just like, oh, I fucking keep going. Yeah. Like, it's something with that. I've heard that's helped some heroin users get off of That's heroin. I have a like, few like, friends who did. Like, yeah. I guess it's, like, the same thing of, like, the ritual of, like, setting up your, uh, you know, like, tying off and doing all this kind of shit. Mm. It somehow clicks those buttons, too, and, mm. hey, man, if it fucking works, it's... It's cool. Like it's also super concentrated, too, so you get
1: fucked up real fast. Rings your bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it, to make my mom finances. and dad do dabs uh, <laughs> uh, people. I don't do dabs, side note, but I'll bring them home to my friends' houses. And my mom and dad both separate. They'll be like, I've been smoking weed since a <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, before you, you were like born. Yeah, 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 that ain't going to bother me. And, then I just, and they do pretty good because I'll be like, load them up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, know. <laughs> And they'll roll with it. They'll roll with it pretty Here's good. There's an extra 20. My mom's a, a beast with it. My dad, he'll do one. He'll be like, that's it. Like, he can, he can call it. But like, that's enough of that. <laughs>
2: that's enough of that shit. For me, though, like, as soon as I did my first day, I was like, oh, my God. I have to have this in my life every day. Like, it was just a different level of high that I hadn't achieved unless I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you're... Take that hit, and you're young, and you're like, dude, I am bogged up. And you're those, I always call them waves, but so it feels like waves going down your arm and down your body. Like, that's what dabs did for me. So, that's why I'm like, yeah, fuck, smoking weed, bro. Uh. <laughs> like, that's cool and all, but like, I can just do a little bit of this, and I get way higher, you know, and it's cleaner, and it's not, you know, don't smell like fucking an ashtray.
0: First dab I did. After so, I I did like wax when it first came out. I was smoking water hash out in California, and then wax came out and it was all butane, and like it kept giving me a headache. and I didn't really know what, and then I quit smoking for like six or seven years. And uh, I was trying to get off the opioids, and uh, I got some one to one from a friend of mine, and uh, I got it, went and got a vape pen, and like it was like a diamond and sauce kind of thing. And I remember I took like two hits and I just laid on the couch for the next like seven hours. Like, like it was like 13 again or something. Just, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. and, I concentrated my breathing. Yeah, my, my girl at the time was like, you really seem really messed up I'm like well <laughs> well I am actually <laughs> like, but, I got or, the part. flow leave me alone but I will tell you it was the first time in, in over four years of being on all these opioids that I was finally out of like pain and I wasn't did. like wasn't depressed mm-hmm. I wasn't like and like it made her upset but like it's making me feel better all of a sudden so I was like you know what I think I'm gonna be doing this a lot uh, in the future
2: I think, like, whenever you, for me, it was always, I like get on a routine. So it's like, oh, I get high when I wake up. I'm going to get high around noon. I'm going to get high around this time. But, like, when uh, you realize you missed that time to get high, like, oh, I got high at 7. I was so high, I missed my noon high. <laughs> and I'm already at night. That's when you know, like, oh, okay, maybe I'm on to something here. Like, you know, maybe this is a different... Level that's going to help medicate me better than all this other shit. Because I've been failing. But this, I didn't take my pill. Yeah. It still felt good.
3: Yeah. I could maybe
2: push it a little further if I wanted to. Yep. You know, like, that's when you know, like, oh, okay, this is something. You know. Yep. You just got to pay attention to that. 1,000%. All
0: right. So we gonna wrap? Yeah. All right. It's a wrap. Cut. Cut. That was a long time. That's oh,
3: cool. cool.